All right, welcome back to the Iron Man Podcast, guys. I'm your host, Freyway, and I'm here with my co-host, Ken Chan. And today, we are here to talk about the full season of Demon Slayer Season 2. Flashy. What? I had to say flashy. I had to say flashy. I just, I just you, had to interrupt you and say flashy! You son of a bitch. You interrupted my opening yet again. Isn't that, isn't that what the sound Hashiro would do? It is what he would do. And you know, that's why he borderline died. He should have died. He should have died. What? Spoilers. Look, if you're listening to this podcast, which is probably going to be named something like full episode or season review of Demon Slayer, and you're like, oh, spoiler, you guys didn't give me like, fuck you. All right. How about that? <laughs> uh, yeah, but we're going to be talking about the season two of Demon Slayer. And since, uh, you know, Kenny, he stopped watching it after the episode where uh, Tanjiro did his little no breathing technique or whatever you want. They haven't really given it a name yet, but that thing where he just decided to go crazy amped mode, got here reactions and all that nonsense. Uh, that episode was wild. And for that episode, he caught up just to see that. But then he stopped after that. And now since the season's over. You have completely watched the entire thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, week to week is a struggle. And uh, so I, I watched it all. And um, yeah, here we are. Yeah. So are. talk about the whole season. So I just want to start off by saying that. And I wrote a lot of this stuff on Facebook, but I haven't really brought it up in the podcast. Uh, Demon Slayer's animation. It was literally one of the 25 things on our 50th episode but demon slayer's animation is god tier there is nothing in anime that i've ever seen that looks as good as demon slayer does ever like, i don't think there's ever been an anime creator that looks as good as demon slayer does it's tough for me one of the, the i don't know if there's anything else but one of the things that comes to mind would be uh saitama versus genos i remember thinking that looked really that cool. looked really cool but i bet it, like if you go back and watch it i bet yeah, it yeah. doesn't even come close now like demon yeah. slayer has raised the bar to a level that i just don't think is obtainable by anything because the episodes literally look like anime movies that episodes like, look crazy the budget is insane and I was like, okay, maybe they went so hard season two because technically it's a shorter season. This is something that I don't like. I don't like that the Mugen Train movie was used. I thought about that. Yeah. So, right. That makes sense, doesn't it? Because you only have to actually give us, was it like 12 actual episodes, 11 actual episodes or something like that? Yeah. So, I, I thought the same thing because half the season was a reboot of the movie right. or a remake of the movie. And I've seen comparison shots, although there are some new shots in the anime version. A lot of it is shot for shot what we got in the movie. Right. Like very um, little effort. They don't, you know, with the, when they reskinned the movie and made it into a couple episodes, they didn't really do much work. Like I'm not giving them credit for, you know, yeah, that. Yeah. So they had, we say all that to say, they basically had more time. To go More in on these 12 episodes. And the money, right? Like, yeah. the way I look at it is, assuming I'm going to make a number up, but let's say you get $100,000 to make a season of anime, right? Uh, and typically, from what I've learned, most anime get around the same budget. They're actually, like, for example, One Punch Man, everybody said, like, oh my god, this looks so amazing, it looks so high budget. But something that got revealed in that process was that one punch man's budget was actually the same as most other anime. It's just the people working on it, like put a ton of extra effort into it and a ton of extra time. Yeah. That leads me to say that Demon Slayer season two had most likely the same budget as any other anime, uh, that that studio would make. 
However, because they only really had to allocate the budget to 11 episodes instead of 26 or whatever, um, it That's made a those huge difference. look fucking crazy. Yeah, 14 episodes shorter is a huge difference, right? Like that, yeah, du- like more, more than double 12. So they got they got to really go in and i think that the work ethic of the demon slayer studio was it U- ufo table or how you say it Ufotable, yeah ufo table Ufotable. yeah i don't know how to say it i'll just say ufo table from now on. i'm just gonna declare it. that's how i'm saying it um you know I'm, Amer- <laughs> I'm american we speak american here so ufo table they're insane and because they won all the awards last year or two years ago i guess for demon slayer season one like all the animation awards that show won everything it probably won like best mm-hmm. anime but it, it won every possible animation award that was winnable at every award show because of season one. And I think that that also puts the battery in your back that it's worth it. Right. Like it gives you, it gives you the vindication. Like, yes, I put in a lot of work into this product and it actually did what we wanted it to do, which is be the best. And so you want to keep that standard up or surpass it. And this season looks better than season one. Like blatantly. And as far as I know, season three is already confirmed. I think they released the name of season three. It's called like, the swordsmith arc or something Sword, yeah, like that. swordsmith village yeah so that yeah the, the i'm i'm really impressed by demon slayer also i think that season two i was a little sketchy season one how is like very typical shonen and that can get kind of boring but after watching season two i think that this is just going to be a good anime all throughout like it just gives me that vibe now good. it's very also, good. like i like oh, real quick but <clears throat> So we're going to start talking about the things we actually like. And a few things maybe we have criticism for. But one last thing on, like, I guess the production side of it. One thing that um, rubbed me the wrong way as a consumer, not this really is nothing wrong with the anime. But like you said earlier, 11 or 12 episodes, it is a 12-episode season. But in 11 episodes, I feel a little cheated where it's like episode one's an hour long. But it's really... Because typically the season would be 12 episodes. Yes. If it, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's really not that episode one's an hour long. Because that episode one is episode one and two. It is. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're, you're right. And the reason why they did that is because I think episode one would not have been that good if it was just the first half of it. Yeah, yeah. I think that that would not have been a good way to start season two. And they realized that and they made an executive decision to say, let's make episode one kind of a start off with a bang. Yeah, yeah. And no, which is fine. Yeah. I'm just I explaining just, it to people who might not like get that, that idea. Like, I, why would they do that? I kind of wish we did get one more episode in episode 12, and it would just kind of be like the breather after it all. You know, at the end of every One Piece arc, there's like a breather, and there's like the so, after arc thing. I kind of wish there was one, like it kind of just ended. So this is not a spoiler. Uh, this is just kind of blatantly where the season ended. There's supposed to be an upper moon meeting. Clearly, that's the ending of the, the season. I think that it's a mistake. Yeah. I actually think this is a really big mistake. So this is a criticism of season two. For as great as it was... And we'll get into detail about that. But for as great as it was, I think that it not ending the way season one ended. Season one ended with the what lower upper, moon. What a, what a, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a, I was going to say upper, but yeah, lower moon meeting. Yeah, it was a lower moon meeting. Um, I'll call I'll call lower moons because they're fucking the bottom six. And there were a lower moon meeting and most of them got eliminated. Like all but one. And this season should have ended with an upper moon meeting, which clearly we got to see the beginning of because Akaza got teleported to infinity castle. And he was like, Oh God, like I'm about to get, I'm about to get cursed out. I'm about to get called a fucking basketball again. I might get killed. <laughs> like he, he probably is so scared because the last time he saw Muzan, which was episode one of this season, yeah. Muzan was very pissed that he let Tanjiro and his little gang, of demon slayers live and they just killed an upper moon 
<laughs> so like an upper moon, which by the way, the last time we talked about this show, we were like, yo, she fucking killed seven Hashiros. Bro. That number has now been updated. To 22. They killed seven plus fourteen, I 15. think, right? The fifteen. So oh twenty twenty two total. Uh that so this I I don't even know where to begin. I am blown away at how broken they made the villains in this season because there were moments where I thought, especially the episode that we left off on where Tanjiro gets his amp and then Nezuko gets her amp. I thought that the upper moon was going to be shot upon, right? Because that episode made it seem like Nezuko could just zero diff the girl, which she could. Nezuko's blatantly stronger than the girl, yeah, da- the girl. Uh, yeah. Daki. Nezuko's stronger than Daki. That's no question. So if it, it was just, if, if she was the uh, upper six as just herself, then this would not have been very good from that standpoint. Like, damn, a demon just <laughs> comes out and beats on the upper moon, and that's the the end of the season, kind of. But what Demon Slayer does is they show you that not like kind of ha- at the halfway point. Like that's the, that episode was the halfway point, mm-hmm. and then you spend the next six episodes where the upper moon, upper six is actually two people, and the brother is twice as deadly. If not a little more, if not a little more, because yeah. he killed fifteen, she killed seven, so he's over double her pot. Like he's amped more than her. We were doing power scaling. He's killed twice as many Hashiras as she has, and he's re. Gyotaro is ridiculous. <laughs> when he came out, so I guess where you left off at, uh, he, had like he the episode before. I, I I think he comes out like the next episode. If he not, does, he does the next episode after that but yeah so the next. right so at the end of the one that you watched nezuko was stomping on Daki. she like regenerated instantly and stabbed her foot through uh, Daki's body and that was like where you that was the last thing you saw the very next episode is the sound hasher arriving cutting her head off his his entrance is insane he just shows up and cuts her fucking head off yep. immediately yep and, and then he just starts talking and then like With his back like, to completely her completely ignoring her. Yeah. And then she's like yelling at him. And he's like, you're not worth my time. Chill. <laughs> like, it's so crazy. I want to talk about this because I think that I almost wanted you to catch up again. When that happened, I was like, yo, at this point, Kenny needs to watch this week to week with us because that episode was, I don't need, like, it's just too much. When I saw him cut her head off like that, it all nonchalant, keep his back turned, and then talk to the two humans that were there, talk to Tanjiro about Nezuko and everything, and then Nezuko trying to stop, ne- uh, Tanjiro trying to stop Nezuko from killing the humans, because, you know, their blood, and she started going uh, really feral, you know, her upper moon state is uh, less controllable, it seems like, she she usually has yeah, pretty yeah. good control, like, even with Sanami, if you remember, at the Hashira meeting, he, like, sliced himself, and she was able to not do anything on her own. Yep. But her upper moon level, where she's clearly an adult, she gets really tall, bigger boobs, get a horn. That version seems like it's more feral than her other versions, and she couldn't control herself, so she actually tried to kill humans this time. Which, I had all these theories at the time, like when I saw that episode, that what if Nezuko actually hurt her family? Uh, What if Nezuko has already hurt humans, and then that's going to be a reveal later on? And then the Hashras have a reason to kill her because it's like, you actually already killed... Because they don't know if she did. So I was just thinking like weird stuff like that. But we can get into that at another time. But just like all these theories I have. But the sound Hashira coming in, slicing off her head and then saying like, you're too weak, you're not even an upper moon. It at first seemed like a meme because I was like, damn, he cut her head off so fast. She hasn't even disappeared yet. Like she hasn't realized that she's dead it so was the she, anime classic. She was talking 
didn't even realize her head was already cut. Yep. And then it just ended up in her fucking lap. And I was like, you know, you, you do notice that she doesn't disappear, but it kind of, I thought it was because he did it so fast. And I think the, the way that they directed it, and I guess the way it's also written in a manga, is so good because it kind of subverts what you think. You, you see him do it so quick, and his thing is speed. Like, he's clearly a speed Hashira. Like, he could, they could easily just call him the speed Hashira. I think that that's like his thing. He's very, he's a ninja. He's very fast. So I just, the speed of sound, who knows? Right. (laughs) I just assumed that maybe her head got cut off so quick. That was the reason why she hadn't disappeared yet. But then she kept talking and it went on longer than I think it should have. So then I started getting nervous Mm -hmm. because I've seen a lot of anime. I've seen a lot of shonen, a lot of shonen. So after a while, it became a little awkward. And then he, as I started thinking it, he literally said it. Yeah. He, He was like, wait a minute. Like, he had that inner thought. He said, uh, okay, she still hasn't actually... She started crying. And he's like, she still hasn't disappeared yet. What the fuck? And that's when, as soon as I had that thought, obviously, the anime doesn't give you time to gather your thoughts. Fucking, the brother just comes out. (laughs) And when he comes out, the sound hasher tries to immediately kill. He goes in for the kill immediately. Yep. And... Them instincts are honed, boy. Them instincts are honed. Dear God... When Giotaro makes his entrance, he almost kills the Soundhashra immediately. Without trying to. Because he actually was just like protecting his sister. But the little clash they have, he almost killed. Like the Soundhashra, his fucking head gets slit. Like his head, man, he gets almost actually killed. And what makes it so broken, so the way, uh, what's the Soundhashra's actual name? Uzui? It's uh, Uzui Tengen. Yes. So he keeps his, the way he kept his back to Daki is really cool because Giotaro, when he arrives, he has his back to Uzui. Mm. And it's like it's almost like the same disrespect. Like you disrespected my sister. Now I'm going to disrespect you. And he's like, why are you crying? Your beautiful face. Like, look at these marks. Why haven't you healed yourself? And he touches her and all her wounds, which were not Immediately. healing. Immediately. They just go away. And I was like, bro, this is too much now. This is <laughs> way too much for me it oh my god that guy's broken i also think he like obviously he's supposed to look nasty but he looks so fucking cool to me i think he like, looks insane. i love his design i think he looks absolutely insane such a cool design for a demon uh his blood demon art which he does immediately too but he doesn't wait he immediately starts off with the nonsense those fucking blessicles come up and he tries to kill uzui again Pretty much with his back turned. He's just broken. Uzi even says that reaction speed on that one is ridiculous because he starts yep. bleeding. Like he starts bleeding from that little. Cl- they had a slight clash, and this man almost got his head cut off. Yep, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. It's cool, man. the The whole their whole fight was sick. Uzi is the shit. Like he is able to like like one thing that he did that was to like to give him some props is like when he went to go kill him again. He goes to swing his sword at him, and he and he like it looks like he's gonna miss. And then in a moment, his sword is like up toward his neck. That, it's like his sword got longer. And then it zooms out, and you see him holding like the other blade with the chain. And he, oh bro, my god! When I saw that choreography, I said, "Oh, Demon Slayer snapped. They snapped. <laughs> they snapped on the choreography of these fights." That shit, the specific scene you're talking about, where he's holding the edge of one blade to extend it. That looks so cool to me as a shot. I can only imagine how it looked in the manga because I don't read the manga at all. We are anime only people here. But that shot had to look insane drawn as a panel. 
<laughs> of him extending that blade out like that to that. And it was like right at his neck. And it was when he even says, fuck, I missed his neck. Like I missed my opportunity to cut his cut his yep. head off. Uh but the demon, the up the brother is ridiculous. Like all of that, I, I I don't I don't know if Nezuko can handle him. It just seems like he's on a completely no different level than his sister was. It's now, he was he was like he was fighting. What's crazy is that it really does feel like if his sister wasn't there. I mean, obviously they did some teamwork shit, and her her um her cloth was useful. But I I really feel like if her sister wasn't there, he would have just beat all of them because. He even basically nerfs himself in a way. Like he, a, a cool detail I, I liked is that when the third eye opened up on her, his they make it pretty clear that his eye is closed. So it's yeah. his eye watching over his sister. Yeah, and like it was pretty much him beating the shit out of all of them. Yes, like, like he was just whipping their fucking ass. Like he pretty much was soloing them. It, this this arc really put into perspective the difference between regular demons, the lower moons and then the upper moons it really yeah. put it in a perspective for me because i could it's hard to gauge power scaling and demon slayer i think it's very inconsistent in general uh because the stuff that tandro does and i have some gripes with the stuff he does in this particular arc too it's a bit much so i thought that he would be out of com- like out of commission for pretty much the rest of the fight after that yeah, little yeah. stunt he pulled with the no breathing thing because he yeah. literally he passed out he actually passed out. So I just assumed, I think, and I think it would have been fine if he just kind of stayed passed out. What I really yeah. didn't understand, I really don't like the scaling, is that he was able to hold back Nezuko, and that makes no sense whatsoever. Like, yeah, yeah. It would have been better to me, and instead of him actually holding back Nezuko, he just instantly stops her by yelling at her or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then, it, but him physically doing it is nonsense to me only because. Look at what she did to the upper moon, and then, th- like, just think about how powerful her, like, how, how strong she is. And then he also is at the point of exhaustion. And yeah, he, the only, the only explanation you could give it, if you wanted to give it leeway, was like part of inner Nezuko was holding herself back because she knew it was her. Yeah, you have to use headcanon you know like that. Mean? You have to make up shit, basically. That's that's like the only because otherwise, like it makes zero fucking yeah, sense. Yeah. You literally you literally have to use headcanon to justify that and it lasted for way too long. Like him yeah. holding her back lasted and I was like, there's no way. There's no fucking way he could ever hold her back. It'd be like some mm. it'd be like Jirai trying to hold back four tail Naruto, which almost killed him. It's like there's no way you could hold that thing back. Yeah, it was it was bad news. It was bad. Something I do like is that even though it's clear Tanjiro is like he's way too amped and he gets stronger and stronger. And we talked about this a bit before how like yeah, there are tra- they like they do through stints of training, but they pace so quickly sometimes like for example, it's been f- I think 4 months yeah, since Mugen trained. And so they've been training for four months, but yeah. that gets completely skipped and like the viewer doesn't really see that. So for us it feels like it's been 2 days. Um, but they do do training and stuff, but they get insanely stronger. And now it's basically being hinted at either in the next arc or in the next couple, like in the near-ish future, Tanjiro is going to be kind of nominated for a Hashira is what it seems like. Cause that's what the end of this arc hints to. Cause Uzui retires, um, Rengoku's dead. And the, the snake eye is like, you know, we don't, we're run, like our, we're losing Hashira. And then yeah, know, he said, like, you are still better than nothing. Yeah, and then Tengen was like, don't worry, like, one of them is going to blossom soon, or whatever he said. Um, meaning Tanjiro. So it's like... You think he was talking crazy. about... You think he was talking about... Oh, oh, Tengen said that. 
Yeah, Tengen. Okay, yeah, yeah. Clearly, he was talking. Yeah, he was talking about Tanjiro. I thought about that Tanjiro. The, yeah, he was talking about Tanjiro for sure. And uh, it's just crazy because basically that's saying that Tanjiro is going to be Hashira level allegedly in the near-ish future. So on one end, that's fucking crazy to me. But on the other end, I guess that I do kind of like it if if Demon Slayer continues to go in the direction where it's never just one de- like if it's never just Tanjiro killing an upper moon by himself. It never will be. It looks like. Like, I'm, I'm cool with that. Because Uzui is broken, but he needed all these it other took people. It so much. So, I'm... So, so, like, I'm happy about that. That it wasn't that it wasn't just one-on-one Uzui wins or something like that. It and took it wasn't just, so like, much Tanjiro to beat the win. weakest fucking Upper Moon. I cannot stress yeah, enough yeah, yeah, yeah. how that really puts into perspective to me that they stand no chance. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They... Because I really came out of that one episode where Tanjo got his crazy amp. I came out of the episode as, as exciting as that was, as absurd as that episode was. I was hype as fuck. But I did come out of the episode thinking like, damn... A little- a little deflated. A little deflated. Like, like, why is Tanjiro already beating an upper moon, right? Like, why is he yeah, already yeah. why is he already that strong? Because I thought he was gonna cut her head off, and his little brother was like, hey, breathe. Yeah. I yeah. said, so you mean to tell me that the only reason why her head didn't get cut off was because Tanjiro's little sibling stopped him from doing it? Like, that's the only reason why the, the upper moon wasn't defeated. At the time, that's what I thought. But then the writer's like, uh, he was never close to winning this fight, actually. He was never. never. If it was Tondro versus her, and even if Tondro was in his amp state, he was never beating this upper yeah. moon, ever. Never. It put in a perspective that he would have died. The brother, if, if she was actually in any real danger, the brother would have came out. Uh, Tondro's amp state cannot deal with the brother at all, let alone them together. He would be yeah. minced up so quick. Honestly, what's what's cool about this is because it was essentially, you know, three. It was you know the, our three main characters. Four, if you count Nezuko, even though she she did the one thing and then she was kind of out of the fight yeah. for the rest of it. Um, but it was those four Uzui, and then even his wives got say, involved. The kunai's like, mattered. Yeah, the kunai's big mattered. So like it was like fucking what is this eight? eight it was like eight against eight two. against two. Yeah, but. You want to count them as two or one, whatever. I don't know. Cause I'll count I, them as two because they they they're like two in two separate places, which matters. And you have to you have yeah, to decapitate yeah. both to win. Yeah. What, what's interesting is like I do think, and this is obviously just like fan head cannon. There's no way to know this for sure yet, but I would guess that the two of them together aren't as strong as whatever like upper five, right? Like I'm I'm well, guessing yeah, I, that I, like. They tear up and like upper five is just stronger than six, et cetera. Yeah, I think that's I don't even think that's how I can. I think that that's just how that works. I think that yeah. I think the up I think whoever's fifth is way stronger than whoever those like those two combined, those two, whatever you want to do with them. Yeah, I think yeah. upper fifth probably solos them quite easily and it's not close. And then obviously Akaza thinks that they're just probably trash. <laughs> like I hate them. Like Akaza might even say something disrespectful in the meaning, like, well, they were filth anyway. Something wild, yeah. But maybe not, because in the presence of Muzan, I don't know if it's a proper to speak like that. Muzan kills you for less. <laughs> he does kill you for less. He do- Dude, another thing... This I'm is so like scared random. of that guy. I am so about- scared for yeah. him. Well, don't worry. He's scared... He's scared of something. Akaza is All so... Right. Sc- yeah, walk. Yo, Muzan is Yo, terrified. Mu- Muzan is fucking terrified. <laughs> like, what, that's so... That's such an interesting thing, though, because such an imposing, terrifying character that, like, Everybody is scared of. It is really interesting that he has a character trait that he is fucking terrified. Like he is blatantly terrified. His of, like, cells in other demons uh, activates at the sight of Tanjiro. Yeah, yeah. He is scared of the original Sun Breather, whoever the fuck it is. 
he is shaking his fucking it is boots no matter that, where he is. It is that bad that this man sells. He doesn't even have to be present. His cells remember the trauma of Tanjiro's ancestors, who we yeah. still don't know anything about. We just know that they put the fear of God into this mm-hmm. man. And the upper moons are absolutely terrified of Muzan. So it's a mm-hmm. really interesting hierarchy where you see the upper moons and they're so crazy. It took eight people to beat just the low, the weakest, like the absolute bottom of the bucket, weakest one. It took them everything. And I love that the writer used the weakest one. I'm glad that he didn't like make them randomly fight the fifth or something. Yeah, yeah. And then like they beat the fifth. Like, I'm glad that it was the weakest to put it in a perspective. I, I'm all about putting it in a perspective that these characters are not strong compared to what's. Yeah, yeah. To compare to the big dogs, the Akatsuki, the Espada, the Shichibukai, or the Yonko, they are nowhere near their level. They're nowhere yeah. near it. That's something that's cool too because most shonen. Even if you have like multiple characters, go, like it's usually it devolves into one on ones, right? Yes. Like usually it devolves into one on ones or maybe two on ones. But it, it is really cool to see that it legit was like eight versus the lower <laughs> I can't six. Get over how many people had to, had to have input in this fight. <laughs> like the fucking eight of them. And it took so much. You know, so I really do like that about Demon Slayer in that it's not just like Tanjiro getting crazy amped and then winning. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I do not like the Naruto format where every time he loses, you know, his demon, he transforms into a demon and then he wins the fight. And it's like, OK, well, that's yeah. that's how every fight's going to go, I guess. Every time like Neji took all his chakra away and then he got all his chakra back because of the fox fucking nope. Sasuke literally pile dropped him into the ground and broke his actual neck. His neck was bent back with something that we can't humanly do without being dead. And he was just floating in the water. And the fox came up and was like, I'm going to give you a crazy amp right now. And then uh, when he's, it's just so many times, like, obviously he's fighting against pain. And pain zero diffs his sage mode. I mean, literally beats his sage mode into and the, the whole village. village. And the whole village. But beats <laughs> sage mode Naruto, who is stronger than sage mode Jiraiya by a lot. He's because Sage Jirai couldn't deal with three of the weakest pain paths, and Naruto just bodied them. Like he came in and bodied those paths. All five of the ones. Jiraiya never, Jiraiya never got perfected Sage mode. No, it's not even close. Like Naruto Sage mode is it so much stronger than Jiraiya's fucking Sage mode, and he he gets zero difficulty by one path. That one path beat Naruto, and in the manga, it's not even a fight. So in the in the anime, they added to it where like they kind of go. They fight. It's still not close in the in the anime. Like when Naruto's yeah, yeah. fighting, he doesn't get any real hits off or anything like that. He just kind of he gets to actually fight. But in the manga, that pain just Shimura Tensei fuck off, like absolutely fuck off. You're in the ground, and then Hinata comes out, and then he becomes the six tails, and then Naruto ends up winning the fight because the tail demon weakened pain to the point where like he's just has to do planetary devastation, which you know he had to get closer to where he actually is and that whole thing i i hated that like i loved I, that's when i first respected naruto like his sage mode stuff but then i wish they just didn't have to, i wish that he was able to win that fight without having to use the fox yeah 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 and one of my friends brought up something interesting about demon slayer because it's not without the same kind of fault uh tanjiro whether whether he's a demon or not i still have my suspicions that he is actually just part demon uh because i cannot i don't think it's you can't explain to me why his eyes look like that and why that mark on his head fucking starts changing when he went to the amp state, but someone said, uh, it's the same as Naruto, as uh, Ichigo, as uh, Itadori, and every other, every other Yu Yu Hakusho, he, his dad possesses him. It's the same thing, except that his demon is just outside of him and it's his sister. And I thought about it, I thought about it, and I was like, wait a second, every time Tanjiro's about to lose a fight, what happened? 
Nezuko fucking amped up and she started dicking on the demon. Every time. Yeah, like when Nezuko, they fought a, Nezuko, she out there with exploding demon blood. She's she's just an external, she's not inside of him, but she's just an external version. But it's like same heck. It's the same thing, like, oh, Rui's fucking me up. What happens? Nezuko does this nude blood demon art shit, exploding blood, and hit, Rui's head almost gets cut off. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're fighting against the, the demons who have the ball and the arrow I forget what they're called and mm-hmm. Nezuko comes out she fucking starts dicking on them too she's like this is a constant thing and then in yeah. this fight same thing the only thing I'll say in, in Demon Slayer's favor is that at least and once again I've said this multiple times but Demon I'm not, by far is not anywhere near my favorite anime I do like it though the only thing I'll give in its favor in this instance is at least even with those amps, right? We already said it. He still never wins. They like, were Tantra, ne- they Tantra were just never wins. They were never close to beating the upper or lower moon. Yeah, yeah. He was never so, close to beating Rui after Rui reattached his head. You whereas, realized you know, there was no shot. Hollow Ichigo, like when Hollow Ichigo comes out, he wins. He zero like, di- he zero diffed the probably the strongest Espada. Like he yeah, zero so. at that time. I'm just gonna say Ukiyura is the strongest Espada with his uh, second transformation, and he zero diffs him. I mean, absolutely zero diffs this man to the point where when he transforms back to regular Ichigo, Ichigo's like, okay, let's continue to fight. And Okira's like, that's funny, because you destroyed all of my internal organs, and I'm actually dying. So fuck off. Like, what are we doing? But yeah, it's... Great. every Every shonen pretty much has this thing, and... You know, I've come to accept it. It is what it is. Like, it's just one of those things that if you watch Shonen's, if you like Shonen's, you're, you're going to have to get used to, like, the cliches of outrageous power amps that end up making fights kind of like, uh, well, obvi- they're not going to kill the main character for real, right? I mean, yeah, you yeah. don't you don't actually expect Tanjiro to die. So at the end of the day, no matter how bad the situation is, it's like, yeah, but somehow he's going to live, right? Like, so, like somehow, Dude, somehow he's going to be fine. Something... That we still got to do a My Hero episode, but we've talked about this a little bit when we've mentioned My Hero. Yeah. Something that is really cool about Demon Slayer is just how, like, gritty it can get. Like, when Tanjiro, when he's done doing sun breathing and he, like, he's like, <laughs> Yeah, that sound is bad, he too. He can't breathe and, like, the blood on his face, like, all like skipping all the way to the end. When he goes in, when they're going in for the final fucking blow, and the fucking sickle goes up through his Bro. chin... That was insane. That was so insane to me. Also, there was a clash where Uzui just lost his fucking eye. Yeah, yeah. It was Uzui that same moment. Wasn't eye? it that same moment? It might have been. I it think might, yeah, so. I, I think Uzui been. was yeah, already he swiped up. Yes, yeah, he swiped up, hit Uzui's eye on the way up, and then went in the Tanjiro's chin. I said, yeah, and Tanjiro's two fingers—they look so disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking of Deku. Me too. You know, when Deku does like the thing, I actually said dude. that. To, I said that to Gary. I said they look exactly like when Deku didn't know how to use his quirk properly, and he just would fucking spam a hundred percent and break his body. It looks exactly the same, but kind of nastier because they just stayed bent backwards the entire season too. After that, mm-hmm. even in the last episode, they kind of just stayed nasty looking and purple. Just, just cracked them the fuck up. Yeah, but when Tanjiro takes that fucking sickle to the bottom of the chin, and then he keeps pushing forward, and, like, when they end up cutting the heads off, and then... He gets another amp right there, right? Yeah, yeah, his his scar, like, transforms. Again, yeah, he gets another amp. Yeah, he's, like, thinking about, like, sun breathing and shit. Because you remember, he can't actually cut... His scar, like, 
fucking goes even further into you, his face or whatever. You remember that he actually can't cut Giotaro's head off. They, they, he already yeah, tried yeah. it, and he, his blade is, just, he's just not strong enough to do it. So that amp made him strong enough to cut that guy's head off. Yeah, he got like another sun breathing heritage amp. Or yeah, whatever he got another. Amp. He moment. got multiple amps in that fight. Uh, so and, he, uh, he's ridiculous. So he was going through, and then, but when he cuts his head off, and like it seems like it's done, and like the wives are like something doesn't seem right. Yep. And then you see like fucking saving saving Private Ryan vision. Where Tanjiro is like can't breathe, and you see, and like you see Uzumi like Tanjiro. He really can't like, even hear properly too. I'm, yeah, he can't hear. It's like you hear like the um, like that bomb noise. Where yeah, your ears are ringing. Yes, and he it's just where like, your equilibrium's up. off. Yeah, dude. Uh, I that love was, like, his such adults. a brutal scene. Like, it, it was so brutal. It was a great way to end an episode too. It was so oh, that was so good. So I like you hear Tanjiro's inner thoughts. He's like, did I do it? Did I cut off his head? Did we win? Yeah. He's like. Why is why is he screaming? It's like he's trying to say something to me, and he's looking at Uzui running towards him. I think that the, like those inner thoughts are it's so cool to hear what he's thinking at the time. Like, did we win? Did we? Did I fail? Did I actually cut the head off? And he because he doesn't even know. Like he doesn't even mm-hmm. know what's going on anymore. He used everything he had to cut that guy's yeah. head off. He was out of it. Yeah, and then that still was not enough to kill them. Really, they uh, they still can do. I guess at that moment he did a blood demon art. The sickles came up and that shit was huge. It was, and it actually wiped out the rest of the town. Like the, whatever was left yeah. standing, it wiped out everything. I actually thought that the way the next episode would start was going to be darker. I thought that I thought so. Nezuko comes out and she just saves the day. I thought that that was going to kill the Hashira or kill his wives. Yeah, yeah. I I was like, oh god, this is going to be some really dark shit where the Hashira dies saving, like he pushed Tanjiro, and then you see him get fucking skewered, mm-hmm. like he just gets gutted up nastily. And the hot, like the you know, obviously the Upper Moon is dead still, but he takes the Hashira with him. And I thought some cool scene would be, uh, Giotaro as he's fading away, say sixteen. Oh, that'd be crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody died. I do. <clears throat> you know, it, it's. Sometimes it's like, oh, I wish somebody died. But on the other end, Demon Slayer's had a decent amount of deaths. Uh, it has. I thought that this was going to be like a comic I kill. I was so I, I told all of my friends this. If uh, the Sound Hashira had died in this season, I said this is a comic I kill version two, but just better written because oh, it's it's definitely better written. Yeah, that part is not questionable. I thought if, so. I said if they kill two Hashiras back to back, like two arcs back to back Hashiras die. I said, oh, this is going to be how the entire show plays out. This is yeah. going to be a show where you watch it and. It's cool when they fight and you think that good things are going to happen. But then every single time Tanjiro has to experience this trauma where Hashira dies saving him. Mm-hmm. I do think it's cool that at the very least he's retired. Yeah. Which to be fair, he made a deal with his wives. I like that little flashback that shit got to me. He made a deal that if he, if they ever kill an upper moon, like they're going to retire. Yeah. But even if they didn't make that deal, he, my man was retired. He, he lost an arm. He lost an arm and, a, and an eye. Like he, he was done. He lost his hand off screen, which <laughs> I think that that is another way to power scale things because seeing people get off screened is such an ignorant thing when they're powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. for example, I use Naruto as a reference a lot because one is, is probably one of the most popular animes of all time. No, it is one of the most popular animes of all time. And a lot of people have seen it. So to compare things, I go back to Naruto often. Uh, when Jiraiya lost his arm to pain, it was also off screen. Like the the one path snuck up on him, and then in the next panel, you just see an explosion and Jiraiya's arm's gone. And Uzui was fighting the uh Giotaro, and then next thing you know, Tanjiro's like, yo, 
Where's the Hashira? And he looks over, and the man is on the ground face down with, and his hands oh. just. Dude, that was another brutal fucking scene because it felt like I the the direction of the drama in the is pretty good because like it felt like okay, there's signs of hope here. Like they're about to cut her head off. Yes. They just they just cut her head off actually. Yes. And he's and fucking Inosuke is running away with it. Tanjiro is looking for the Hashira, and then he doesn't see Gyotaro, and then all of a sudden, Inosuke gets gutted. In I wasn't the ready for that. Back I was not ready for that at nowhere. all. I actually started laughing when he cut her head off and started running with it. I thought that shit was so funny to me. Like, when he was running with her head, I said, oh, wow, this is actually kind of a cool way for them to deal with this. I yeah. thought that their plan was working. I genuinely I bought into that shit. And then yeah. when he got stabbed through the back, I said, oh, they are not going to win this. <laughs> so then I changed my tune to, well, at this point, the only thing that could save them is Ahashura showing up. I thought Ahashura was going to show up to win the fight for them. Like, one of the... Because I, I think Uzumi's a pretty weak one. I think that's pretty clear. He even... Another cool thing about the season, speaking of stronger Hashiras, as he's kind of dying or whatever you want to call it, as Uzumi's kind of, like, losing the fight, he starts calling on memories of other people who are stronger than him. And he says, there are Hashiras out there who are complete fucking anomalies. And they show the stone Hashira, the one that's crying. And yeah. he obviously is, like, you know, the God tier Hashira. And then he goes, and then there's other ones who became a Hashira in a month. And then they showed the fucking missed Hashira. Yeah, and I was, yeah. so those two reveals, like who's the strongest. And then another one who's clearly stronger than him. Those two reveals to me were really fucking cool because it came out of no, like I didn't expect him to have a reveal like that in the middle of this thing. And the way they, they also did it. Kind of makes it clear that Ren Goku's stronger than hundred percent. Like, there's even a part where he makes it clear that Ren Goku's stronger than him, yep. which is fair. Cause Rengoku one-on-one, I mean, he obviously we know he didn't win, but he one-on-one Akaza. Like, yeah, even though he, I don't put much merit into that because uh, Akaza was not trying to kill him. And if Akaza was trying to kill him, I think that he would have zeroed death to Rengoku, no problem. I, just judging by how strong the lower, or I guess upper six was, like Giotaro, how strong Giotaro was, and how Akaza has to be amp, 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 amp that. Yeah. And Akaza spent the entire fight literally saying, bro... I can kill you right now. Please yeah, become yeah. a demon. I just broke all your ribs. Do you understand that? You understand what I just did to you? Your ribs are broken. They will heal if you become a demon. If you don't, those ribs will stay broken. I just crushed your throat. You understand what I'm saying? Like He kept explaining to this man, I am not trying to actively kill you. I'm trying to convert you. And that is much harder to do because you have to hold back. Yeah, yeah. That, that said, though, I do think... like. If Rengoku fought the upper six, I don't think he would have lost an arm. I don't I think, think Rengoku would have lost the upper six. I do think Rengoku's stronger than the upper six. Uh, like, just to give him some respect there, I think he's stronger than the upper six. I think he would have actually beaten upper six by himself. But I do not think... Yeah, yeah. Like, when people bring up him <laughs> fighting against Akaza, I'm like, you do realize Akaza, we didn't see his blood demon art, right? We don't know what causes blood demon art. We have no idea what Dude, it is. Here's one thing that's so cool though, that fucking destructive technique. That he just like he punches. Makes, like, a, he makes like a snowflake. I just like the snowflake thing. Like yeah. that shit looks cool as it hell. Akaza is so broken and he didn't even reveal his like actual blood demon art. Giotaro came out and immediately started doing his. He came out and the first thing he did after he clashed with Uzumi real quick to get over to his sister, the very first thing he did was sickles. I was like, damn, he didn't waste any time. He wasted no time doing that shit. And meanwhile, Akaza came out and fought against the Hashira and uh, didn't Rengoku like cut his arm down the middle? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as soon as the fight started, he like cut his arm down. And then like, there was this cool scene where he's like, he like flips his arm back together. It, like, it, Akaza like, like flips his arm back together. It looks so sick. It was instant. And he kind of does it with a smile on his face. Like, I'm not in danger at all. Like, this is not that that technique, that flame, that sword is not enough to do it. Like, I'm not even close to being afraid. The only thing that scared Akaza was the fucking sun. Yeah, the sun. Like when when uh, Rengoku was like, "You're not going anywhere," and he was like, "Get the fuck off of me!" Like that, <laughs> and that's when that's when he killed him. Like that's when he actually oh, that's man. when he said, "Okay, all this converting shit was cool. I thought that you were going to be my bro, but you're actually an asshole." And now I'm pulling my arm out of you, and you're dead. <laughs> and uh, oh man, yeah, he spent that whole fight. I, I often talk my one friend Dennis. We often talk about the fight between Akaza and Goku because I was like I don't think the flame hosher is that strong like I don't like he's he's decent but I don't I don't think he's he's nowhere near that's the thing I think he's strong as fuck it's just that the upper moons are not fair like they're a, a tier above they're clearly a tier above every like multiple tiers above you know what I yeah. mean I, I, takes... I, I think Rengoku is like bottom half of the Hashiras like out of all that like they're just I don't I have no idea like I, I'm not yeah, looking yeah. for any spoilers I think Rengoku Uzui the the girl Shinobu and the love Hashira. If I had to say like, how do you order the Hashiras? I think those those are the bottom ones. I think the top ones. Well, after obviously, especially after the reveal we got this season, Mist, uh, Stone, uh, Asanami, and uh, Giyu. I think those are like the clearly the strongest ones. Like they're clearly ridiculous compared to everybody I, else. I think just just because of the way they're using Ren Goku and the way they used him through the season. I think whether or not it will get confirmed, I don't know. I do think he's probably one of the stronger Hashira. You think he's in the top feels half? Like, I do think he's in the top half. Because okay. I feel like they're using, they're trying to use him in a way, like, for example, once again, Akaza killed him, and like everything you said is true. But they did have him die to the top half of, like, they did have him die to upper three. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they had him die to the hop half, top half of the upper moons, and then on top of that, um, they throughout this whole season, they seem to be using him as like this beacon of light for like other characters to talk about. So I think that they're trying to position him in a place where like he was one of the strongest Hashira. Um, and then, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, I heavily disagree, but I mean, we don't, we don't, there's no concrete way, but I think Giyu is obviously stronger. I think the Stone Hashira is clearly the god. I mean, they just said it. Uh, Mist did it in a month. And I know Rengoku had to train really hard to become a Hashira, and the Miss one mm-hmm. did it in a month. And the Love one, I just highly doubt that she's that strong. I could be completely. She could end up being the fucking second strongest one I know, but I just she could end up being broken. She could, yeah, <laughs> she could end up being outrageous. But I just, I'm just gonna assume because she's called the fucking Love Hashira, she's actually weak. Shinobu, I think, is weak. She can't cut demons' heads off. Which, like, what girl? Like, what are you talking? Like, what are you talking about? Like, what? What she's, the? The thing that's scary about with Shinobu though is she's sadistic. She, she does is. like that poison, and then she's like, "Won't you be my friend?" And yeah. blah blah blah. And she's like, I "You know, she's we're going to get a scary fight with her where we're going to be like, oh my god, she's fucked up.'" Like, she's I expected her to die, uh, and I still expect her to die because she had that whole scene with Tanjiro where she talks about her little sister, and when he said, "You seem constantly angry." Like I can tell that you're you're you have this immense amount of anger inside of you, and she's kind of staring up and just looking off into space. And they had that little heart to heart. It basically sounded like she was resigning herself to death. She has that, so it wouldn't be surprising like if she died at any point. I always said the coolest thing they could do with her is that she fights against an upper moon, and she goes to do her wisteria poison thing, and the upper moon pretends to die, 
And then as she like, you know, go like starts to walk away from it or whatever, it kills her. It was like yeah. that, 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 like Wisteria does not work on upper moons at all. Like the, like this level, like the high, like, you know, like top three or whatever, or top five. Uh, like that shit, it barely worked on Giotaro. Like the first thing they stuck into his leg or his whatever, whatever that first one that the girl shot, the wife, yeah, that shit it was like a kunai. That shit didn't last long at all. It wasn't long oh. enough for them to even cut his head off. That was another really cool scene. I, I fucking I love Uzui, man. He's so sick. But you guys already knew I, I loved them. Yeah. But when when she shoots a hundred kunai down, yeah, yeah. And then he, at first he's like, "This shit ain't gonna do nothing." And then he goes, "Why would they to, waste their time doing yeah, that?" He was like, "I have to block it, right?" So then he blocks it, but then it shows Uzui, and he's and there's fucking kunai sticking out of yep. him, like, and he's running forward. And I love the 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 comment. Uh, Giotaro makes he goes that's right he's not a swordsman he's a shinobi and like like the and it's such a cool distinction right because idea like it, it says like a swordsman or samurai wouldn't just run and take these kunais to the fucking face but because he's a shinobi the way he thinks is the way he fights is differently so and he'll take these fucking kunai to the face for an opportunity and that shit was so sick so if you remember in our episode the 50th episode special i'll bring up atachi and I said that when I think about Itachi, I think, and when I think about ninjas, he's the embodiment of a real ninja because he sacrifices everything. And I think that's what ninjas mm-hmm. do. They sacrifice. And yep. so when I saw Uzui do that, I was blown away because I was like, wow, that really is like, I don't, I don't know if that's truly the ninja way to sacrifice, but that's the kind of yeah, what like I, in real life, but that's yes. like what we feel from that's anime what, and from yeah, what we've seen. Yes. When I think of ninja, I think of the word sacrifice is like the pinnacle of the ninja, like sacrificing yourself for the sake of something else. So when he took all those kunais, I said, there it is again, ninjas being ninjas sacrificing. And he even makes that, that one episode that starts off with a flashback of his, where I thought he really was going to die. Right. Uh, yeah. He's talking to his wives and he says, listen, if there's ever a situation, where I'm going to die, y'all need to get the fuck out of there. Yep. If there's ever yep. a time that it comes down between me or you, I'm I'm giving you permission, and I should not say this, but I need you to run. I need you to escape and let me die. Do not try yep. to save me. Don't do it. Like I need you to leave. And when he said that, I was like, damn, there we go again. He's breaking the rules. He's sacrificing himself. Like, don't even try to save me. Let my ass die. I love how much he loves his wives. Me too. And I love how, like, I, I love everything of that sacrifice. I He's such a he good acts. character. He's so He's good. He's such a good character, man. And I like that, um, I like the other flashback they had where, you know, they talk about his eight brothers or whatever. Yeah. And, like, how they all died and then how his youngest brother that survived, or at least his younger brother that survived, ended up just like his dad. And that made him, that's another thing that made him go so opposite and why he values his wives' lives and he's that so, brother's was alive that? right as far as i know that brother's alive yeah that's what it seemed like the brother and the dad should both still be alive i wonder how they're going to use them because i feel like they wouldn't just mention that other brother who's broken i guess yeah uh I i'm assuming they're both still alive and they they kind of like throw people's lives away um yeah like as another extension of like ninja ninja lives being ex- expendable yep um, but that other scene where they're like at the grave and he pours sake on like his dead family's grave, like I just I love a, a lot of the scenes with Uzui, and then like that scene where the kunai's go in him and he fucking cuts Giotaro's legs off, and like Bro. Giotaro he says like he's not a swordsman, he's a shinobi, and like that realization, it's so sick. The way that episode ends with you thinking that they might actually do something here, where the kunai <laughs> stuck into him and he realized, oh fuck, it's Wisteria, 
And then the next episode starts, he says, you guys are pretty good, but it's not enough. <laughs> and then he just does his blood demon art thing. The sickles come up yep. and his head doesn't get cut off. And then Tanjiro actually puts his blade up against his neck and it doesn't do anything. He's like, you're not strong enough to cut my head off. So they made that clear that even if you got a clear shot on me, I could, I could put my neck up and let you fucking cut at it and that you are not strong enough to do it at all. You cannot behead me. That's another thing. Another cool thing, just like as many amps as he got. Now, eventually this is going to catch up in Tantro. We're going to see a broken fucking Tantro. Yes. But as many amps as he got, he got his life got saved so many times it did. in this fight. Over like, and right over. in that moment, Tangan like kicks Tantro in the chest to get him the fuck out of there. Because yeah. Tantro was about to die right there. Yep. And Tangan gets him the fuck out. So it's cool how many times Tantro was going to die and like other people legit saved his fucking Speaking life. Speaking like, of Tantro, Zenitsu, Zenitsu saved his life. Yeah, he got saved a lot. Speaking of his amps, he started combining breathing techniques. Yeah. And that is another, I guess, reveal that that's a possibility. That was, uh, a, yeah, that was a cool reveal too, because he basically, it's not confirmed, but I think it's confirmed. He basically says, like, this is how breathing techniques were created. Yes. Like, not everybody's good at doing this, so they took what they were good at, and this is how new techniques were created. Yep. Because every time, we already know from the beginning of the season, every breathing technique is derived from some breathing. So they're all derivative of that. And Rengoku's dad even says they're just kind of half-assed versions of some breathing. Essentially, he he feels like some breathers look down upon everybody else, or at least look down upon his family because they specifically do flame breathing. So it like they're really in the shadow. If you know, water breathing might not be in a complete shadow, even though obviously it's weaker, but it's water. So it's like I'm not even trying to do sun, but flame is basically saying I am just a weak version of sun. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the fact that Tanjo said water breathing is actually more of a defensive thing. Water is defensive. And I, I was like, well, that is true. And every, pretty much every game, everything that you play, water tends to be a counter type of thing, a defensive. Like yep. a, you think about Magic the Gathering, water, all the counter spells, all the best counter spells in, in Magic, and most of them come from blue, the color blue. You think of Cryptic Command, you think of like Mana Leak, uh, Negate, the card just negate. <laughs> Uh, plenty. There's plenty of magic cards. Blue pretty much draws cards, and and it and it negates. It kind of like you know stops things from happening. It's defensive, and water in general is typically a defensive type of thing. So when he said that, I was like, well, that does make sense. You know how Japanese culture looks at water, and then fire. You know, it's aggro. It's obviously aggro as fuck. And we saw how aggro it can get when he got that first amp against Daki, and he just started going ham. It's like the most aggro shit you ever seen. But so when we combine them, I said, yo, if I was Zenitsu and Inosuke, I would learn another breathing technique too. Because I'll, oh, be, yeah. I'll be damned if I'm only going to have one. And, and, and Tanjo has two and he's combining them now. Yo, I'm, I'm, we haven't talked much about it, but I said this in like our mid-season review. Um, as the season has gone on, like Inosuke has been going up in ranks and how much I like him. Yeah. And like that only continued. I I'm starting to like Inosuke a lot more. Like he Oh, I love Inosuke after the season. Yeah. I didn't like him season one. We I think we agreed on that. Yeah, but we did. This season he's been he's kind of like goaded. I really like Inosuke. Like he's gotten he's become a much better character. Yeah. Um whereas like for the most part, although Zenitsu had some moments, for the most part, Zenitsu, once again, he's only cool when he's asleep. Look, so he did and cool shit while he was asleep. It's getting but, boring with him too, honestly. You yeah, know, it's just like, like his god like speed thing, which was cool. Now, I'm not gonna lie, like that was extremely cool. Oh, yeah, the god speed was was sick looking, but yeah, the, the god the god like speed technique was really cool looking. It was well animated. I was like, God damn, he's moving fast. And then he was stretching her neck to the brim. I thought that that all was amazing. That's what Demon Slayer does. It makes things look good. But at the end of the day, 
I'm still getting very bored of the uh, repetition in his character. Yeah. Like, and like yeah. you said, he's only cool when he's asleep. And it's just wearing dry. It's giving me like, oh, damn, you kill Kenny, you bastards. Like every episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is you get the same thing every episode. And then he wakes up and he's such a bitch. And it's so frustrating. What makes it so frustrating, I compare him to Usopp. And Usopp's one of my favorite characters in One Piece. And I won't say reasons why in case, you know, spoilers, whatever. But And this isn't a One Piece episode. Right. But Usopp's one of my favorite characters in One Piece. But... He's a, he's a coward, all these other things, but he truly is weak in comparison to, like, his peers. When he looks at fucking Luffy, Sanji, and Zoro, like, Usopp is not on their fucking level. Not even So it makes bit. sense that he's a coward and he sees all these other things. But Usopp, through his own merit, fights through that cowardice. Whereas Zenitsu, it's so frustrating because you see that Zenitsu is... A Luffy, Zoro, Sanji, right? Like, Zenitsu is with Inosuke and Tanjiro. Yeah. But he doesn't... And so, it's so the gag is getting really wear thin where he's an absolute coward and he's a little bitch, but he actually has no reason to be a bitch because he's actually broken. And it's like... It's just wears thin. Like, I'm so... In certain ways, I'm looking at him like he actually seems a little bit more broken than the other two. It's crazy, man. Like, me and my friends, we kind of go back and forth between if, if Tanjiro really is stronger than Zenitsu because... Before Tanjiro had his uh, crazy amp that he didn't even know existed until Daki brought it out of him by her bloodlust. Without that amp, the con- like if I would have saw Godlike Speed, I'd be like, well, Zenitsu is just stronger than Tanjiro. Yeah. Like, yeah. But the only uh, obviously Tanjiro is stronger because that fucking amp that he got when he stops breathing is too much. Like that, he slowed down time so much that he said. But they're moving awfully slow. I will never get over that. He said there's 13 of them and they're coming at me so fast from every direction. But for some strange reason, they're moving awfully slow. I could not deal with that line. <laughs> when they, oh my God, seeing her fucking things come down all slow and he does burning bones. I just, I can't, that guy is insane. I, Tondra does it for me. He fucking does it. I love that guy. He's that so cool. So 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 so. Sick. I'm gonna watch that episode again. <laughs> I can't. I cannot I do, deal. I do wonder because I'm like conflicted on whether or not it's like no breed. Because like I do feel the same as you. It gave the impression to me that he was like not breathing and yeah. was doing like quote unquote no breathing. But I don't. I wonder if that he he was just doing sun breathing because it seems as though whenever he talks about sun breathing and he talks about like his stamina. And, like, sun breathing, like, burning his chest and everything. Yeah. Like, it seemed as though it had the same drawbacks as when he does sun breathing. So, like, I'm not 100% sure what he was doing there. Oh, okay. So, and I'm not going to pretend like I know exactly because we're all, this is all conjecture, right? Neither one of us know about the manga. So, yes, he was doing sun breathing. That's just confirmed because the fire, right? But then I think that he, like, amped it by not breathing. And they haven't said it yet. And I hope that this isn't one of those things where, I hope this isn't. I hope it isn't what you think it is. I hope it isn't just sun breathing, just being sun breathing. And I want the yeah, no yeah. breathing thing to be cool only because breathing is so key to yeah, yeah. the. I agree with you. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, I, like, I, I want no breathing to be an amp out this world, but it, it obviously does something really bad to you as a repercussion. Yeah. It's just, I got a little worried as like you see the other stuff. Cause I, I, I agree that I think the no breathing thing would be really cool. But then, like the more I, I've seen of it, and uh, and like I, I rewatched, I rewatched the um, the fight from episode six that I had already saw. Yeah, I rewatched that fight, and then like obviously looking at the 
the rest of the season, I was like, I got a little disappointed because I was like, I think he might have just been doing sun breathing. But I was like, but it does feel like he's doing like a the only reason I, no breathing. The only reason why I really, really, really feel strongly that that was no breathing is because one, they go out of their way to show visual cues of him not breathing. And yeah, then yeah. when he is doing just like breathing, they show yeah. the breathing. And he says it. I need to do recovery breathing. I need to do this. You need to breathe. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. They, and so when I'm, in the doc episode, when I watched it the second time, I said, holy shit. He, since he got that ant where he got really angry at her, they never showed him breathing. And then obviously the most obvious thing to me is when his fucking sibling said, Tanjiro, breathe. I yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. oh shit, he has not been breathing this entire time. When you go back... So- at no point does he take an air. You don't get the sound anymore. And That's it kind of sl- really slows. It kind of slows down time, which I love. I love that like inhaling and just not breathing just slows time for him. Yeah, cause I, I agree. And that's what I hope it is. Cause that's, cause we commented on like, that's when his eyes, like at that moment when all that happens is when like his eyes start to like get bloodshot. Yeah. And, I do um, think that he's, I do like, I'm standing by this after seeing the whole season. Now I, I'm so sure that this man is a demon. I'm sorry. Because I, uh, I thought, okay, when he first did it after Doki wiped out that street and killed all those people and shit like that, right? When he first did that and the, the scar thing moved and then his eyes got all weird, I was like, oh shit, he's a demon for him. And then when his sibling said, uh, breathe, I was like, oh, okay. It wasn't necessarily a demon for him. It was just him not breathing. But I was like, wait a second. No, 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 no. The more I look at the season, and then when he cut off Giotaro's head and that fucking thing got bigger, I said, "No, no, no!" That that he thought that shit came from a fucking a pot stain, like like yeah, a hot yeah, a hot pot. Yeah. He th- he thinks he got burned and got that, but come on, like th- the jig is up, Tanjiro. Like what the fuck? The jig is up. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I um, it's it's very clearly because like it's very clearly end- not just a hot pot like burn mark. Like like yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know why he believes that. It's interesting because like. I guess maybe he could be a demon, but I don't, I don't, it's t- like, we don't know anything we about Sunbreed. It's all conjecture. It's so, complete. Like I am literally guessing. So for people who read the manga, yeah, yeah. please ignore me we're, because we're, these, a lot of these theories are, are, we don't know. We're, I'm just saying things that I think, but after watching yeah. this season in total and totality, I really do believe that Tandro has a demon, uh, or he's mixed with demon or he's so, some kind of demon. And you know how these shonens like to do, if you're mixed with human and demon, or you're mixed oh, you're with broke. Saiyan and human, and you're mixed with hollow and everything else, you are just more broken than people who are regular that. So something that's interesting is um, at the very end of the season, I don't remember his name, but the leader of the Demon Slayers. Yes. Uh, we see him again, and whatever fucking sickness he has has progressed even more. Yep. Because when we saw him in the Mugen Train movie, it was like the whole top half of his head, but now it's like damn near his whole body, and when we see him in a flashback, it's just like a little bit on his face. Yes. Um. So we see the sickness And we saw him with his eyes open now. Yeah, yeah, on the flashback, right? Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. So when we see him now, though, and when the upper, when one of the uppers was killed and he gets the report and he starts celebrating, he says that Muzan is like the the, the only blemish on his family name. And I don't know if that means that Muzan's existence and like is a blemish on the Demon Slayer core and they gotta get rid of him, or if like he's related to Muzan, if like Muzan's part of his family. Somehow. Okay, so I will say this. It 
I have kind of thought about those two being related as well. I might even said it in another episode, but like, I do think that there is something with the leader of the Demon Slayer Corps and Muzan. Yeah, they definitely have some relation. I don't know if it's blood relation or just like whatever, but yeah, and that whatever is happening to him, that disease, whatever you want to call it, there's just so many things we don't know. And I think that I, I always say that I think that that's what makes Demon Slayer good is the mystery of it all. I think. Yeah. I think if they reveal too much too fast, it loses a lot of the luster. Um, holding things back is so important for Demon Slayer's longevity. Like I think that's what all the good shonen. That's what makes all of the good shonen good. I think is yeah. a level of mystery because, like, if you look at, give me a second, everybody. All right, don't bite my head off what I'm about to say. Okay, oh, I God. get it. You all hate fairy tale, but here's what I'm saying. There was parts of Fairy Tale that I really liked, and it was really early on when there was a mystery as to like where the dragons went because all the dragons disappeared on the same day. And there was like this mystery around these dragons, and mm-hmm. then there was like other stuff that happened where like there was a spell that said like anybody over eighty can't like walk past this point, and it was in order to keep like the the Hokage out of this fight. But then Natsu, the main character, wasn't able to walk past it, and Natsu's only like eighteen. And it just created, like, this interesting mystery, right? And One Piece, obviously, One Piece is riddled with mystery. It's Hunter, Hunter. Mystery. Yeah. Hunter, Hunter, there's, like, the mystery of Gon's dad. And, like, then you find out there's, like, the mystery of, like, the Star Continent. All, of the, like, even early Naruto, right? Like, the the QB, before we even knew about the other Tao Beasts, like, there, there's, like... Naruto's dad. The mystery stuff, that asks the story so much. We all love the fights, the flashiness. But the story is what makes the anime good, right? Attack on Titan, the fucking basement and, like, the origin of the Titans and all that shit, like, that is what drove Attack on Titan, not Flesh Gundam fights. Yeah, that really is. Nobody cares about Flesh Gundam fights. Honestly, Attack on Titan is completely driven by mystery just as much as One Piece. It's literally, it's all mystery. The entire anime of Attack on Titan is mystery. And this season, the final season, it's the end of it, right? This season is just... Every season, honestly, is just revealing slowly more mystery. And it keeps somehow Attack on Titan keeps getting more ridiculous as it I don't know how the writer did Attack on Titan. I really don't. Like, it just keeps getting more ridiculous every season. Like, I always think about season three and how absurd season three was. Mm-hmm. The whole reveal of, you know, Grisha Jaeger, how he got the attack titan, uh, Armin and Mik- I have to save Armin and Mikasa, but they're not born yet. Dude. I can't wait. I can't wait to finally have just as a side note, because I want to know that way. I don't have to do it in a day uh, when like when it's like a week before the last episode coming out. I need you to tell me that way I can watch it the week leading up. That okay. way I don't have to watch it all in one day. Sure. Um, I You know, I'm down for that because Attack on Titan. I mean, it's been insane. I, every it's episode. soon. It's soon. Right. It it's like within two weeks, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's wait. What do you mean? It's within two weeks. The end. Oh, I don't think so. Attack on Titan. This season is kind of long. Oh, okay. I thought it was, like, almost over. Okay, never mind. No, 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 because so... So, was, so Attack on Titan didn't come back to, like, the middle of this Demon Slayer season, right? Uh, the Entertainment District arc. It came yeah, in, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so Attack on Titan's only on episode, like, seven or something. Oh, and, okay, okay. And there are 12 or 14 episodes. I, for, I forget exactly what it is. It might be 12. Okay, okay. So there's still over a month of content for Attack on Titan coming out. Okay, uh, I but thought it was I, like a week or two away. No, okay. no, no, no. Attack on Titan is not close to ending, technically. Like, there's still a movie length worth of episodes to watch. Like, 30 minutes times 5 or 6. Okay, cool, cool. Or cool. I should say 22 minutes times 5 or 6, but you get the idea. Uh, yeah. There's still plenty of Attack on Titan left, and 
rightfully so. Um, but yeah, I just think about like season three and all the reveals. Season two, the reveals for that, like the Ackerman stuff, uh, Kenny, Kenny mm-hmm. Ackerman coming out of nowhere and just like him, him, him in the. It's just a lot. It's just been crazy. Like you said, the basement, it starts off with a mystery. One Piece, One Piece episode one starts off with a mystery, like Goldie Roger and the treasure of the one. Like that makes these shows good. Uh, I think about Black Clover as well. Black Clover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Asta and you know, they don't, no one knows where they came from. I mean, you know, now where you know came from at least. But Asta just they they were just kind of dropped off, right? Like they're just two yeah. brothers, and I'm using that in quotations. Like orphans. Two yeah. two brothers, right? Dropped off in front of a house and just kind of left there. No one knows their real origin. And that, you know, you know's origin is no. I'm not current with Black Clover, but I don't know if Asta's origin has been revealed. But I know you know's origin. Like obviously he's the, you know, spoiler alert, he's like the son of Lich, the real Lich. And uh yeah. So it, yeah. Those mysteries make it good, and I think that Black Clover was awful until they got to the point where they started revealing shit like that. Like when it got to yeah, the point I, where, yeah, I agree. It's like as great and as fancy and flashy as Demon Slayer's animation is, and it's all really good. What keeps you wanting to watch it is the fact that there's there's like story above that. Like yes. there's, there's story past that, and so. Whether or not it's the best story, whether or not it's the best anime, I think it, it does a pretty good job at at having drama and I also think it's too, drama. I also think it's too early to call as far as like best goes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're only two seasons and I do even though I know the manga is over, I do think we have a good bit before it's over, like a couple more years. I hope. I hope. Yeah, yeah, so to I, me, it's too early. Like people who say like, oh, greatest of all time and like best of all, like top five and all, I'm like, okay, that's that's I don't like doing that when something is this early. Like, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, Attack on Titan is only four seasons, so I didn't start calling it goaded until season three, Same, which is yeah. which, which is one season, season one. Season one was amazing, but as we all know, five year hiatus. Yes. Um. Season two season was two, okay. Season two was yeah, and then but season three specifically <laughs> coming season three part two is when it was like yes. oh my god. Season three part two is when I said okay, this is one of the best animes I've ever seen in my life because yeah, yeah, I yeah. said that. Those episodes, those twelve episodes, are literally some of the best anime I've ever seen. Period. Mm-hmm. Like, not even just Attack on Titan episodes. Some of the best anime I've ever seen. Season three, part two. Those twelve episodes. It starts off wild, and it never stops. It never, no, it doesn't ever takes a break from being wild. All twelve are watchable, and all twelve are rewatchable and insane. They really are. That's something that we talked about this before, but um, this season once again, Demon Slayer. Kind of similar to Black Clover, but I think better than Black Clover. Demon Slayer has a bit of an issue where I think it's pa- paced too quickly. It is. Like, we, yeah, we did say that. And, I, and I, I'm and i not going to change that because this only further proved our point that it is a paced way too quick. Like Tanjiro being hinted at as almost Hashira level or whatever the fuck uh, Tengen meant about that. The fact yeah. that he ultimately was the one to cut the head off, too, of the upper moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it and is like, definitely the fact paced. That this season was only 11 episodes. Like, I think you could have dragged out, you could have probably dragged out the beginning of the season a bit more. Uh, maybe actually showed us a bit of the training. Um, yes, maybe, yes. Maybe, because like, when they went to infiltrate the um, the entertainment district, they only infiltrated and did like ninja spy shit for like half an episode. And then yeah. like, and then they were like the fight started pretty fucking early. <laughs> like the whole season was the fight. It was for honestly. Real. They found Doki three episodes in. Yeah, so like literally three wish... episodes in, she was revealed. It was like, okay, that's the upper moon. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I thought I did stretch a bit. Just stretch it out a little bit. Yeah, it, it definitely did go really fast. Remember how I, I told you I had a gripe with how Tondro got his sword back? Yeah, yeah. It was a little too matter-of-fact for me because I thought that that was a big thing when he threw his sword at Akaza in the forest and Akaza yeah, was... Yeah, he has his sword back like an episode later. Yeah, I just didn't like how it was used. It was just in a montage. There was just a montage yeah, yeah. for him getting his sword. I did not like that. I thought that that... I just wanted there, there to be more weight to his sword being thrown into an Upper Moon's body and Upper Moon running through a forest to escape the sunlight and that whole thing. I thought that that would just have more of a conversation to it. But I agree. They just glossed over. Then they just show Akaza beating the sword up in the forest. And that part was kind of cool. I never seen somebody Kyle a fucking sword, but <laughs> like that was fine. But then he just kind of got his sword. The guy tried to kill him, I guess. Like the guy who makes the swords tried to kill yeah. him. But yeah, which was a funny gag moment. But I, they needed. I wish they would take a little bit of a breather, pun intended. Take a little bit of a breather and take things a bit slower sometimes because I, I do feel like a lot of modern shonen. It seems as though their their playbook is to like do the opposite of the Naruto filler and everything and they want to just pace things. Yeah. Like Black Clover feels like as soon as as soon as an arc ends, the next arc begins immediately. It does. Like, There's nothing Black Clover is just like okay, here we are. It's like all right, damn. Like there's no like right after the arc with Julius and all of the the fairies and stuff, they go right to where they start learning about level magic. Yeah, it's just like Instant. We just oh, got okay. finished where everyone gets taken over by these fucking fairies, which was a crate. That arc was insane, right? Like that's that arc has a lot of reveals. You yeah. get the original Wizard King. He was best friends with Lich back in the day. I thought that was amazing. That that entire episode where it was, that was like so a, sick. That episode was amazing. Like I I think Black Clover is shit, but th- there are <laughs> there are parts of that show that are so godlike. I agree. And when they showed the original Wizard King being friends with Lich and then the sister and how they fell in love and then when you see what actually happened when a demon manipulated them and then he started killing everybody and that's why Lich is like so angry and stuff um yep that made so much of the show feel real because I just felt like Black Clover didn't have stakes for so long there was a kind of yeah, like yeah. no real but Julius getting killed and then him being a, a child because he has that time ability I thought that was really well done there were a lot of I was like damn the, the later end of this show is so worth it but you have yeah, to watch. It's a lot better than because the uh, the the beginning of the show is fucking. Horrible. The first sixty to seventy episodes are terrible, and yeah. I say it doesn't get good until they go to the witch area where they like find yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the queen witch. That's when I think Black Clover is real, and I think that from that point on, it's completely watchable once the witch comes into play because she is ridiculous. Yeah, they show some interesting tidbits here and there before then, but for the most part, like, I agree, the show is, like, yeah, not good. But then the it gets to a point aren't... where, like, oh, wow, this is actually interesting. Yeah, you just get backstory, and they don't give you backstory for so long. It's just main character going around, beating things with a big-ass sword, and yeah. that just continues for too long before you get to a point where it's like, okay, why why, why is him and Yuno getting so much stronger than everyone else so fast? Like, what is the yeah, reason yeah. behind it? And then, you know, they explain, Yuno is actually the child of the god fairy basically and that's where his strength is coming from asta's a fucking demon yeah fucking <laughs> so, wild shit. so but yeah so demon slayer although in my opinion much better written yeah. um still suffers from a similar problem where i think it's paced a little too quickly it, it kind of just like blitzes through content and like it feels as though even though they say like they'll be like oh it's been four months so like yeah it's been four months so they trained for four months but it just 
the way it's presented doesn't feel that way. Yeah, the scaling is a little too. So the scaling is a little too fast. Uh, or the power scale is a little too inconsistent. Um, my one friend, he brought up the upper moons and Demon Slayer are the most vicious out of any other evil group that he's seen in and shown as the popular shown. So let's just say the Akatsuki, the Espada, uh, those are like the main two. And I I was I try to think about it from my from my perspective. I argued against it. I played like devil's advocate. I said, I kind of just feel like the upper moons are exactly the same feeling you get when you think about when the Akatsuki first showed up and when the Espada yeah. first showed up. I think that there's as much dread about the upper moons as there is in the Akatsuki and the Espada. And so I was thinking about like, well, when the when the Akatsuki first showed up, it's Kasame and Itachi, right? And at that time, Kakashi is pretty much the strongest ninja you know. Like he is pretty fucking strong. He's you know one of the main characters. He has a Sharingan. He's ridiculous. He's their teacher. And you have the third Hokage, and you also have uh, Orochimaru, who's a legendary signing. At that time, that meant something. <laughs> and he, he runs into Itachi, and Itachi zero diffs him so bad to the point where he asks when he's in the hospital for weeks, why didn't he just kill me? Because he certainly could have. Yep. And the dread of their teacher being put into a body bag that quick. It's like, yo, this guy was so much stronger than you that he looked at you. He looked at you in a second past. Because remember, the Akatsuki was no fucking joke. And they also come in and they kill somebody, too. So after the time skip, uh, Asuma just gets killed. Like that, he just gets fucking killed. Like they just straight yep. up kill a Jonin. And the Thurokaku was he his son or something. Um, he just gets killed. They also, like, no, like, pretty easily steal Shukaku from. Yeah, yes. Uh, yes. From fucking oh, Gara. Gara gets killed episode one. Or yeah. like episode two or three. Like, Gara gets actually killed. Gara, at the time, he was the Kage, right? Yeah, yeah he was the Kaze Kage. He was time. the actual Kage. And Diderot, who's not a strong Akatsuki member, so he would be lower moon. He would be upper. No, I guess he would be. Yeah, he would be lower moon. He'd be, he'd be lower moon. Yeah, yeah he'd, be, Dieter, he'd be. If there's twelve Akatsuki members, Dieter is on the the bottom of it. Yeah, I and, agree. And he really wasn't. Again, he wasn't trying to kill Gara because he. That's not the mission. The mission is to procure him, and mm -hmm. and so to not kill somebody is always harder. And he still, really, with very little difficulty, beat Gara. Like it wasn't really hard. And people argue like, oh, well, Gara had to protect the village. I'm like, do you realize they fought to the death? And Dieter was like, okay, well, I'm just going to use C4, and you can't see it. It's microscopic bombs. Gara has nothing for that. Like, there is nothing for microscopic bombs. Sasuke had to literally have Thunder Jutsu in his arsenal, which for some reason disables Earth Style. And it, the only thing that that works like that, uh, Sasuke had to have Thunder Jutsu, and Sasuke also had to be able to see it with his Sharingan, because they're not visible to the eye. Like, the naked eye can't even see Dieter's ultimate technique. So... Mm -hmm. I was saying if it was a fight to the like to the death, Gara would just die to Dieter. I don't think I think there's like a zero death fight to like I don't think that's a fight. And yeah, it's the Akatsuki, the, the dread of the Akatsuki is pretty crazy. Also, Atachi, before we know Atachi is a good guy, uh the the fucking Sukiyomi, which at the time <laughs> we thought was just a Sukiyomi, but we found out it's just Atachis. But the fact that it's like three days of torture in one second, yeah, like that's absurd. The fact that 
we find out really early on that Atachi murdered his entire clan. Yes. Like Atachi is his entire savage fucking clan. So when he um, fir- so when Akatsuki's first introduced, there is an immense amount of dread. The second down, the way he does Sasuke in that hallway. Yeah. I mean, it's he's really like, he has like, he's like yeah, he's like clutching his fucking throat. He grabs Shidori barehanded. Like he just fucking that like that doesn't do he even said like cheatery like what the fuck are you doing uh yeah, yeah there's just an immense amount of dread when they come in and when uh you know the upper 12 the the 12 keys of keys and demon slayer come in like there's definitely dread like Rui put it in real bad against tandro he beat the shit out of him down that hill like he beat his ass and there's definitely dread associated with him and then obviously akaza akaza just killing rengoku right like he he just yeah, yeah. straight kills rengoku but the problem with him killing rengoku to me is and always will be i don't care because you don't know rengoku at the time once again it's a it's one of demon slayer's problems right because we i think we spent a lot of time talking about how much we liked a lot of the stuff but one of demon slayer's problems is the pacing if we got more pacing and more time with rengoku that could have hit a lot of people a lot harder yeah i felt nothing when i always say that moment when rengoku got killed i literally was staring i was in a movie theater i was looking at the screen and i didn't feel anything until tanjiro got mad and and said you coward get back here when tanjiro's when 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 akaza ran and tanjiro threw his sword into the force and started screaming i started tearing up at that part a little bit because something about tanjiro being so angry was way because i'm connected tanjiro yeah yeah i have a connection that's what got you yeah that's the part that got me for me the rengoku thing did get me but it's because like the way they did first of all he's got like that brilliant personality that that i really like but then also, like, the flashback with his mom and all that, and then him, like, asking his mom if, like, he did good or whatever. Like, all that shit kind of got to me. But even with all of that said, I'm, I'm, I can say that, like, you got one. Just, it was paced way, 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 way. You got way, way, one way interaction with the character, like, literally yeah, like, before he died. We should have had, we should have had more. The character literally then, did one, he had one flashback, and that was, that's his entire, at that point, because he gets more, he gets more after he's dead. Like we know yeah, a yeah. lot more, af- but when he dies, he gets like a flashback, and he's like, oh, 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 "Like, but yeah. the character's dead. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to cry for that character. Like, what the fuck?" They could have, they could have given us more with that, and that's, yeah, you know, that's kind of like the the bit of the downside. Uh, and the then pacing I, is just too fast. I think about when the Espada first showed up. Oh, real quick, I wanted to say on this note about comparing them and the dread. Uh, that's another thing with the pacing. I can say that although they're scary. I, I don't really think I feel that much dread from them, only because, like, there's times where I'm like, oh, my fucking God. But once it, I just feel like it's all happening too fast. It is happening too fast. And that kind fast. of takes away the dread, because I'm like, well, he's already kind of, like, granted, it was 8v1, but the fact that they even killed one already, yeah. I'm just kind of like, it's happening We're only on, se- we're only on season two, and they killed an upper moon. So you're right about it being, a. it's really quick. Like, when you think about season two, you killed an upper moon already, and these, okay, to put it in perspective, to put it into context, these demons have been the same for hundreds of years. Hundreds. They have been the same. They have not moved for hundreds of years, and just now, in season two, some new demon slayers. These, these guys have been demon slayers for two years. Tandro, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tandro had a, it was a two year time skip in season one, right? Like he had in training. Yeah, yeah, the two so, year, and then maybe with all of, once again with the pacing, it's hard to tell. Maybe since then, it's been another year. Maybe, but like we only know four months passed from Mugen Train, like maybe a year. So maybe three years. They th- this fucking new Demon Slayer because three years is pretty new. 
This new Demon oh, Slayer yeah. is already fucking fighting upper moons and winning, and they've been the same for a hundred. They've killed twenty two Hashiras. Twenty two yeah. Hashiras. Upper, upper six on their own killed twenty. The weakest. So that means you know it's going to be inflated when you get to upper one. It's oh. going to be like it's going to be like fucking two thousand six hundred forty three. Yeah, like it's you know yeah. I mean? like it's going to be something stupid. Yeah, it's going to be a, a number that's so unimaginable and so ridiculous that. Honestly, I'd rather they not even mention how many Hashras the yeah, other yeah, moons have killed because I think that that will start to it will wear thin real quick if they if they all said I killed this many Hashras that will start to become yeah. like okay like we get it you guys have all killed Hashras you know I agree I agree yeah um but yeah well, just, I want I wanted to go into a little detail about when Espada first show up in Bleach because oh yeah go ahead go ahead that shit was bad when they first show up uh, Ukiyor and Yami. Or like the first two you see, I'm pretty sure. And they immediately just start fucking shit up. But where it gets bad is when Grimjaw shows up. And Ichigo, like Ichigo gets beat so bad that they're playing that oh. sad music. And Grimjaw's just punching him and lifting his body up into the air with his punches. Like yeah, 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 Ichigo's yeah. body is that... floating in the air from punches alone, and this sad music is playing. And Ichigo starts to contemplate his entire life. <laughs> and then he starts thinking about Inoue and his family and all the people he wanted to protect and how this is the end for him. And blood is coming down. And the camera yep. goes like looking up as he's being punched. And Grimjaw's smiling. He's smiling and beating the shit out of him constantly and this is the main character the main character who went toe-to-toe with byakia and did bankai and basically beat multiple captains like he beat zaraki or like ty was zaraki i guess they both passed out but he passed out second so zaraki was yeah, like yeah uh and then he he blatantly beats byakia even though it's with the help of his hollow of course but, you know it comes out byakia gets fucking ruined by the hollow and then each goes like let's continue to fight and then he you know he wins that and then you think that like oh of course things are gonna go well, for Ichigo, when he fights against one of these guys, and then he just gets his shit pushed in so bad that it seems like Grimjaw is never going to be beat. Because they run into each other multiple times, too. They do. They do. And he Grimjaw, runs his fade. Jack, Jack. He runs Ichigo's fade multiple. I remember, uh, so the first time they run into each other, he gets his ass beat real bad. Like, Grimjaw just beats him zero diff real bad. And Rukia does her technique. She freezes him. Hakuren. She does her little technique. She frees them and Grimjaw's like in the ice and then he fucking breaks free and grabs her by the <laughs> neck and starts choking her. The next time Ichigo runs into uh, Grimjaw, he now has his Vizard mask, his hollow yep. mask. And he does that and Grimjaw is down an arm. Grimjaw, in, 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 in between, Grimjaw got his arm cut off by fucking Tozen. Tozen cut his arm off and then burned it, you know. So Grimjaw's now neutered and he's fighting against a amped Ichigo who has the mask and you know Ichigo does. He only has six seconds at the time, and he and we already know that form is crazy powerful. The six second thing and the hollow mask—it was ridiculous. But Grimjaw's like, "All right, that's it," and he beats his ass again. He beats his ass again. He was like, "Oh, that wasn't anything." Like, what the fuck? Uh, I want to also. They're less of a group. They're not a, a, an organized group like the Akatsuki or the Espada. But I also think the individual members of the Shichibukai, you want to talk about fucking like dread. I don't I don't want to go into too much detail, but fucking Kuma, when Kuma shows up at the end of Thriller Bark, there are very, very little things that made me feel dread. Like when Kuma that shows did, up at the end of fucking Thriller Bark. That did make me feel I, 
to me, that's one of uh, One Piece's best moments. Like if somebody said a top ten One Piece moments. I think it's the Zoro thing, right? But that's like that's really just all of the Kuma yeah. stuff. But then Kuma, and then also on Thriller Bark, but then again on Sabondi when when at the time you don't know what's happening. And the Straw Hat Pirates are fucking vanishing in thin air. Yeah. And Luffy is, like, crying. And he's, like, begging, like, you know, stop. And then there's a part where, like, Nico Robin's about to go in. She sticks her hand out to Luffy. And you hear, like, her voice crack. She's like, Luffy. And she just disappears. And Luffy is, like, banging his head on the ground, crying, talking about how weak he is. Like, there's, like, it's, you know, I don't, like. Yeah. There's an and then there's no Flamingo and, like, that whole arc. Whew, that character is also too much. I th- that character is way too much. Uh, I think Crocodile also like one of the first Shichibukai you really run into. That's really an issue. He beats Luffy several times, and at that point, Luffy beats- had won every fight. Yep, he beats him. Dude, there's a part, there's a a scene where like Luffy is impaled on Crocodile's fucking arm. Yeah, like, his arm is through Luffy's chest. Also, this is played up more of as a, as a hype moment, especially afterwards. But like. Mihawk's first appearance, like oh god, Mihawk's first appearance, like fucking, it changes so much about One Piece because he shows up and he's like, "I'm gonna show you the world," and like, yeah, it's fucking over. So I don't know. I, I think that even though the Shichibukai is not an organized group the way the Akatsuki are, um, where do you spot? I are think you? the the pacing of those shows, although all three of them, Naruto, Bleach, and One Piece, do have their issues with pacing of being too slow sometimes. I think Demon Slayer plays against it in the other way that it's too fast. Yeah, like Naruto paced the Akatsuki really well. Yeah. They're paced out of all of the out of all of them, Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, all of them, I think the Akatsuki is paced insane. Because you get a little bit of them in part one of Naruto. Just like you just get two members. And mm-hmm. the two members are entirely too much. They are entirely too much. But, like they are the strongest two members, basically, aside from yeah, you know, moderate. And, or but and you, yeah, and you don't know that at the time. You just know that they're from the same organization. That there's more of them in it, which is scary to think about. There's more people on this kind of level. And then yeah. season Shippuden starts off with Dira literally killing the Kazakage. He like Gara fully gets killed. Gara gets his demon extracted. And that's like the opening of Shippuden, essentially, is Gaara getting his demon extracted and being killed. Gaara, who's been in the show from season one really early on, too. He's the character in, in the entire Naruto-verse who cleared the Force of Death the fastest. He has the fastest time in the yep. Force of Death uh, yep. out of everybody. Also, like, the most talked about Naruto fight ever, ever Gaara Lo- Rock Lee. Gaara Rock Lee. Yeah. It's, it's insane. So th- this character being killed as one of the Akatsuki's that's like their second showing, right? Like the the first showing is uh Sukiyomi being used on uh Kakashi who's a Jonin and a with a Sharingan and very strong. And mm-hmm. then the second thing he does is Atachi Zamatarasu on Jiraiya's supposedly inescapable frog stomach technique and Jiraiya doesn't know what it is. He doesn't yeah, even yeah, know. Yeah. He literally walks into the black fire and he's like I've never seen this before. And I think I just need to seal this shit away with this scroll and just that's what we have to do with this. I don't, I've never seen this before. So you have a signing who's a signing who's confused about what's even happened. Like, Holy shit. These guys are not to be fucked with. And then you have the second time you see them, they kill the Kazakage and extract his demon and the character is dead. And then the next time you see one, is a story episode 26 of sheep and one of my favorite. I love that fight. But episode 26 is when Sasori's outside of the puppet, the big puppet. 
And you, you see the rural version of him. And he's fighting against his grandmom and Sakura. And she has to sacrifice her life to bring Gaara back to life. So yep. now this, it just, it, it's just, the, the, they've made it very clear that the Akatsuki are, very, like, going against them is so dreadful that the next time you see them, they kill Asuma. So it's just like, every time these guys are around, there's death. Yeah, someone dies every time they show up. And they, um, they, once again, they drag it out over a long period of time. There's also a really cool moment, I guess. This is, but yeah, there's a lot of dread associated with these groups in Shonen. They always have these kind of groups. You think about the Dark Tournament, Yu Hakusho, right? The Seguro Brothers and that whole that their entire posse. Their whole posse, yeah. They just kill people. Genkai is fucking dead. Like they're Dude, just that scene. You want to talk about that shit? Got me. You want to talk about a character that was around long enough when For, Genkai dies? Oh, Genkai, my Genkai god. dying hurt me really bad. I oh my god. We're going to talk about that eventually, but Genkai dying hurt me really bad. Another thing, I guess. How can we forget this one? You want to talk about dread from a group showing up? The fucking Royal Guard, okay? I will never forget what they did to Kite. They... The Royal Guard is not okay. Neferopito, the way she deals with Kite, and he gets off-screen beheaded, is so wild to me. That's their entrance. That's the that's the first time you see a Royal Guard in action. And they off-screen one of the strongest characters you know of. They fucking off... Not off-screen his hand... They off-screen his head. <laughs> yes. So, that to me, I was like, Demon Slayer seems very normal as far as, like, you know, the dread of the, the upper moons when I was kind of debating with my friend about, like, you know, yeah, who's yeah. the most vicious or whatever. I was like, the upper moons seem just as the same as the other they're, shonen. They're vicious, but, yeah. I mean, like, when you bring the king into the, into the peck, like, I'll never forget when he fucking slaps Pito with yep. his tail. So I intended like, to kill oh. you. He was like, that was supposed to kill you. <laughs> like, yeah. Also... Doesn't he come into a village and just starts killing all the humans and he tells a little boy like run or something like that? Yeah, yeah. There's a part where, and it happens so fucking fast, but he uses his tail. He uses his tail to kill multiple chimera ants like after he's born. He like kills them because they're like talking to him and trying to tell him what to do, I think. And he just like kills them with his tail. Then there's like a little boy that he just like, and like his whole upper half of his body is just fucking gone. Oh, he kills a kid? Yeah, he kills a kid. Oh, like, shit. The king blatantly kills a kid within, like, the episode or within, like, two or three episodes of his introduction. Yeah. He blatantly, like, with his tail, takes the entire torso up of a kid, like, disintegrates it. Yeah. Boom. And I, so, like... For me, yeah. For me, just Pito's entrance, like, you know, this is an organized group, right? So, it would be, like, Upper Moon, like, Akaza, right? Akaza comes yeah. in, he kills Rengoku. And Pito comes in and kills Kite. But you know Kite. Yeah. Also, fucking... We talk about this a ton. Two things. One, like the the screen shaking with malice, yes. like the word malice, like, <laughs> and it's shaking Her the fucking screen. And then also like a character that was like super composed, all like the coolest quote unquote character ever in Nov. He just like felt their presence yep. and went to in it went into absolute PTSD trauma. That like, is losing his hair. Yeah, yeah like. He fucking. He never so, fights again after that. He's he never so afraid. Again. All he did was feel their nen. And every time you see him, he gets worse. Like first his hair goes gray, then it starts falling out, then it's gone and it's like strands. And then you see him and he's he's just like shaking and his teeth are chattering. And like the more he lives his life after that moment, the more like the dread and the trauma just sets in and ruins his fucking life. Yeah, it's insane actually how much they go to prove how dreadful the upper, just the upper guard, not the not the king. Because I wouldn't be comparing, like, you know, Muzan, you know, to, like, you know what I mean? But just yeah, just yeah. thinking about, like, these organ Because every, every shonen has 
an evil group of people who are really broken and they come in and they're really ridiculous. And it was just saying like, who, which group do you think strikes the most fear? And I don't yeah. think that the upper moons, Akaza and Giotaro and his sister, I don't think they inspired as much fear as some yeah. of these other ones. I don't, nothing, nothing will ever strike as much fear into me. I think as Pito, I think she up, you watch so much of uh, Hunter Hunter before they come in and yeah. it just, the scaling on them is so different from everyone else. The scaling yeah, on the Royal Guard is so much higher than every other character. Like it's they're stronger than every other character before them. Also, I mean, I, I get that it's not like a group, but Hisoka is terrifying. He is. He's just so scary. I also think um Killua's older brother, Alumi. Like, yep. He's like so anyway, with uh Demon Slayer, like, I'm not gonna front and be like, oh no, they're like they don't strike any fear. Yeah, any yeah, they're they ter- like, they're terrifying. Giotaro did some shit that was like, oh my fucking yes. god. And Akaza also, like, they are scary. They're terrifying for sure. Yeah. I just, once again, I can't disagree. I don't, you know, I didn't have the conversation with your friend, but I can't agree that they're the most. Yeah, I don't think that they're at the top of the, when I think about scariest evil organized groups and shonens, I don't think it's them. I even might say that the Ginyu Force was more scary than them when they first showed up. I'm being dead, I'm being dead ass. The Ginyu Force was fucking scary. When the Ginyu Force first showed up, I think that was when I, granted, I was a kid when I watched it, but I was so afraid of how bad Raccoon was beating the shit out of everybody before Goku came. You gotta remember, Gohan is a child. Yes. And like, they were beating the, here's the problem with Dragon Ball Z. The problem with Dragon Ball Z characters is that, or the problem with the fans when they look back at it, is Dragon Ball Z is so long, and Goku becomes so strong at the end, that people laugh at the Ginyu Force and laugh at Raditz. But y'all forget what it was like when they first showed the fuck up. Like, yeah. they were absolutely no joke. Like, Guldo can stop time. Yeah, like, that was the actual Guldo thing. holds his breath, he stops time. Actual like, stop time. That's not okay. Yeah. And Raccoon just beat the shit out of Vegeta, right? Like, didn't he absolutely zero-diff Vegeta? Raccoon zero-diffed them all. <laughs> he zero-diffed everybody only except reason- Goku. Only reason I use Vegeta because he's the strongest out of all. You know what I mean? Like he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the high, I went to the strongest one because he's the hierarchy. But like, yes, he does zero diff them all. <laughs> She's like, they all got and Raccoon just pretty much gets one shot at by Goku. Kinda Raccoon gets housed by Goku. But before Goku shows up, Raccoon beats the shit out of Krillin. Gohan, who is a child, the the dread I felt from watching Raccoon beat the shit out of them and pose and make fun of them and everything. Yeah. I was like, God damn, like, this is really dark. And then, you know, obviously when Frieza comes in, you want to talk about Dread. There's a part where Frieza, once again, it's like Frieza's the boss, so you can't really count it. But there's a part where Krillin is on Frieza's head. Like, Krillin's body is impaled yep. on the horn on Frieza's head. And Frieza's just, like, shaking, shaking his him. body. Yeah. <laughs> it's real bad. All right, well... I guess that we could wrap up this part of the podcast. I do want to do a bit more of uh, Dan Glennon's listener letter. Uh, yeah. So in closing, Demon Slayer season two, really fucking good. Great animation. Great. Animation. I think the story is really interesting. Things that are hinting at coming in the future. Really good. So tons of tons of upsides. Uh, small downsides. It's still paced a little bit too quickly. And I really wish it ended on an upper moon meeting. Yes. Like I, just, I would have loved the mirror. Yeah. I would have loved the mirroring of that. Yeah, that would have been such a cool mirror. Lower moon meeting season one, upper moon meeting season two, but they're clearly going to open with the upper moon meeting, and that's going to be yep. an insane opening. So I, I guess they figured season two was already so phenomenal as far as you know all the action and stuff that you don't need the upper moon meeting for it to be any better. 
you will you will be fine with that. And then maybe maybe they don't feel as confident about the third season, so they're like, we're gonna hold back this upper movie meeting to make the third season even stronger. I'm excited uh, though. I do think that I don't know when it's coming. I hope it's not too long. Like, me too. At most a year. Me too. Like, I don't want to wait more than a year, but I'm excited. I don't. I don't know what it's going to be, but the Swordsmith Village arc, like that. I just like the name of it. Did I don't they, know why. Did they show like Hashiras for that or something? Not that I know of. Okay. All I know about it is that I heard, and I don't even. I honestly can't even say where I heard this from. I just heard somewhere that the next arc is confirmed. The next season's confirmed, and it's called like the Swordsmith Village. Like, yeah. That's all I know. Okay. Uh. Oh, one other thing before we completely close off on Demon Slayer. We could talk about this for like briefly, but Ahashura did show up at the yeah, end. At the end, the snake Hashira. And I, I don't know if I'm maybe thinking too much into it, but if there's a traitor Hashira, right? Like, you think it's a Rochimaru? <laughs> I mean, dog, how many times is anime going to use the guy who's a snake to be a snake, right? Like, <laughs> it's just too, it was a little too convenient, don't you think, that he came at the exact moment they killed? They also made it seem as though the wives made it seem as though they called him for backup beforehand. They were like, you took too long to get here. Yes. And it just seemed a little too convenient the way he showed up at the end. And then he kind of berates Uzui. He's like, that was the weakest one. Look at you. You're in pitiful condition. But like, I guess it's somewhat worthy of praise because it's still an upper moon. Although it's the weakest one, and I'm just like, wait, can you beat it? Like, could could you have yeah, yeah, handled yeah. the? Like, you he better he better be strong. That's all I'm gonna say about that. He better be. But I think it's interesting because our last Demon Slayer episode, I theorized that I, there might be a traitor amongst the Upper Moon. Yeah, like one of them might have been the one that made Nezuko. Because it's just it's really interesting the circumstances surrounding Nezuko and yeah. all of that. So it is yeah, it's we know that the moons, the twelve keys of key, they they are allowed to transform humans. They are given the oh. ability. Wait, before we move on, because you just there's something we haven't talked about. The previous upper six, which I guess oh, he's Doma. now Dog, I guess he's now like upper five or two or he one has, he, whatever. Yeah, he's something higher. Like but like First of all, he looks insane. He he's looks the one that, so scary with the rainbow. He's the eyes. one that created. He's the one that created our current upper six that just passed away. Yes. He's the one that created Daki and Giotaro, and he was like, "If you're worthy, like Muzan will accept you or whatever." But like, he shows up in a flashback. We should see that he creates what is now the current upper six, and at that time, he was rank upper six. Yes, brother, he's got to be something wild. He, yeah, he had. I'm thinking upper two. Like if I had to play yeah, some, yeah, yeah. I think he's upper two now. I don't know why. I just I, I have agree. a, I have a feeling that that guy is just upper two. Uh, I, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with you. I think you, two. doesn't doesn't two, two sound correct, right? Because we already because like one is going to be something. Uh, when we see one, it's going to be absurd. Yeah, one is not going to be some character we just saw though. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. We, they would not reveal one in season two. So I think that he will definitely be upper two because we already know upper three. And I don't think he's going to be on the bottom half. I think he's going to be in the top half. Oh no, he's not on the no, nah, he's not on the bottom half. That <laughs> guy's going to be ridiculous. Yes. Didn't he have dead humans on him or something like that when he showed up? Yeah, yeah. He just like showed up. It also seems as though he's the one that made it snow because he was like because uh, Giotaro was like you know it's snowing. Or like it's starting to snow or whatever as he was like dying. And then like he shows up and it's snowing even more. And there's also just like dead humans around. Yes. And then he just has like this beautiful look to him. Like, he looks very, very cool. He has these rainbow eyes and oh. he has this mark in his hair. Like this fucking yeah. paint splatter. Uh, he He's looks, gonna be 
fucked up. He looks cool. Apparently, his voice actor is the same guy who does Yagami Lights. So, just know. That's been all over Facebook, too. The voice actor for Doma is the exact guy that does Yagami Lights voice in uh, Death Note, which is my favorite anime of all time. So, I'm already thinking... (laughs) And, like, people said... You know, I, I I don't consider this a spoiler, but people said that that is a very fitting thing. That's, <laughs> and I don't know how to take that, right? Because that could mean so many things. Yeah, yeah. But they said it's very fitting that Yagami Light's voice actor is Doma's voice actor. And that's all, and that's all I saw from that. It actually was my best friend Xavier who said that. Yeah, yeah. He was like, "That is." And he was like, dot, dot, dot. That is so fitting. <laughs> so, yeah, could, we almost forgot to talk about him. So, yeah. Yeah, that was good. Also, okay. Damn, I, I don't want to let this go. Uh, I do want to go a little bit into like the backstory between the sibling upper moons. I actually really liked their backstory. Me man. too. I thought it was a really cute backstory. And like, it was good, wasn't it? Yeah, it, their backstory is really good. And like, I legit, something that I think is cool, and this is something I love about Tanjiro's character is like, he won't he he will not forgive them and he also won't hesitate to kill the demons. However, he still has like that compassion. Like he sat like he went up and he was like don't say that to your sister. Like they were yelling at each other and he covers his mouth. He's like don't say that to your sister. Like you know you don't mean it. Yeah. He's like no one is ever going to forgive you. You slaughtered so many people. Yes. He's like, but all you guys have is each other. All you have and that's such a cool thing for Tanjiro's character that because we know Tanjiro with no hesitation would kill them right yes. he, he has no remorse but at the same time he's like he does have that heart where he's like that's your sister that's your brother like don't say that you guys only have each other that part was amazing when he covered his mouth yeah i really like that part you don't mean that I, that part was so good to me i think that their entire backstory was amazing i liked how guitaro pretty much looked like his demon form essentially and yeah, yeah. his demon form was just like a more a grotesque version where, you know, you already saw his ribcage because he wasn't eating really well. They were eating scraps and garbage. Yeah, he even said, like, when I was hungry, I had to eat mice and insects. Yes. So he's, he's, you know, gross, but he had this beautiful sister. And it sounds to me like they were alluding to some really dark shit. Oh, no, they they were making her, she was like 10 years old and she was a whore. Like, they were making her sleep. Like, what I got from it is that they were making her work in the entertainment district and, like, she looked like she was like fucking ten. Yeah, she was. She was extremely young. It was. It, it's very dark, but I feel like that she was a child prostitute. And then one fucking guy, crazy. one guy gave her this really crazy hairpin, and she stabbed his eye out. Because uh, you know her brother told you know he said always get them before they get you. Yeah. So, but yeah, th- yeah, that part was really dark. And then the village, what they ended up doing to her is why they burned her alive. Yep. That's so fucking dark. A child. Just- and then she was like, the the lady was like, the lady blatantly says, mind you, you don't even got to, you don't even got to like theorize. The lady blatantly says, another pretty girl will come along and I'll make sure I send her to you. She says it to the samurai. Yeah. The samurai tries to kill Gyotaro. He like cuts him in his back. And then she's like, yeah, that was the one. Don't worry. She was beautiful, but another pretty girl will come along and I'll make sure I send her your way. That shit was so dark to me. I was like, God damn, like child trafficking and prostitution. Uh, also just you know, children being homeless and no shelter, very dark story. Their mom died and it, it, it stunk really bad. Like Guitaro sitting next to his mom's riding corpse. Yep. It's that they lived a really rough life. 
And then at the end of it, they burn this little girl alive. And he comes back to find his sister fucking burned alive in a ditch. I was like, God damn, like, like how much worse can it get? And then he becomes a demon. So I understand when he's like ravaging humans and killing. I'm like, yeah, like. Dog, some of these fucking people, yeah, they deserve it. Like when he, I did like in his when he was a human and the guy slashed him in the back, but he gets up and kills him and then kills the lady. I like that part. Yeah, that part is sick as fuck. That part is so sick. I was here. I was like, well, first of all, she's a child sex trafficker, so fuck her. He immediately him. has the sickle in her fucking head. Like, yep. boom. Like, he kills it, the it shit out so of him. good. And like, it's kind of crazy to think about that. I'm really cheering the death of humans but they but had in that moment they fucking deserved they it. had like, it they coming. were child they were child traffickers number one yeah and then when things didn't go their way they fucking burnt a little girl alive yeah like, they were her to a fucking crisp and left left her in a dish so it's like when she when she then gets turned into a demon and like this guy gives her a sec because it's interesting in a way that like these demons these awful creatures gave these two a second chance at life. Yes. You know what I mean? And so it's like, as horrible and all the terrible things that the demons do, it's like, at the on the other end, like, they were treated horribly, and that's probably going to tie into, like, Muzan's backstory. Like, we're probably going to get, you know, I, I don't think this is going to be the last time we're at a, a moral a moral cross. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, we need to figure out Muzan's origin. That's going to be a big reveal. And the last thing I'll say about uh, those two is when they were actually dying, though, they went to some weird dimension where he was like, I'm done with you. I'm going this way. You go the other way. Yep. And at first, you know, it seemed like, okay, that's what we're going to do. But then she was like, no, I am going to follow you no matter what. And they walk into the fire, which I don't know was like a way of saying hell. Yeah, like, yeah. Because like he, he it's, it almost seemed to me like he said, you go to heaven. I'm going to hell. Don't follow yeah. me. You deserve better. You know, but he says it in a harsh way, of course, because he it's that thing you do where you don't want the person to follow you. So you say something really mean to them. Yeah. So yep. they really don't follow. But then it doesn't work on her. Obviously, that's his sister. She loves him to death. So she says, fuck it. If you're going to hell, I'm coming with you. And they walk yeah. into this fire and it's really dark, I guess, in a way that they're just like, we're going to hell. It was a, it was a beautiful moment. It's also beautiful and almost torturous in that. So far, what we've seen is like when these demons die, like they they start to remember their life. Like yeah. this happened with um um Rui. Yeah, Rui. When when Rui when he was dying, he he remembered his life, and it creates their whole demon persona. Because while they're a demon, they don't remember their human life. Right. But you realize that somewhere in their body, they do because his whole demon persona about creating this family was based on what happened in his real life. Yeah. And these two these, these siblings, the whole, like what they were doing was inspired by what happened to them in real life. So yeah. it's, it's such a tragedy when they're at the end of their life. And then like, they recall, they remember, yeah. they remember what would really happen. And then also just, I don't know, props to Tanjiro. I really like the character in that in these moments faced up against somebody that he, he fucking hates and can't forgive he still has the heart to be like, you know, don't say that to your sister. Don't say that to your brother and like almost be there for them and, you know, let them know blatantly. Like nobody in the world will ever forgive you. And like you only, I don't know. It was a really touching moment. Yeah. It was really good to me. I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, and I didn't expect it. I didn't expect to care about their backstory, but it damn that They developed that well. Yeah. And one episode, one episode they, they made their backstory so interesting and as yep. dark as it was i connected with those two characters immediately after seeing it. i was like well i i get it like i fucking get it now yeah so. it, it's 
So, you know, that's 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 a kudos, that's a props to Demon Slayer's writing. Like when they do it well, I think they do it really well. So yeah. I have a theory, kinda, about so I wonder if that dimension that they were in when they were dying means anything. I I won't get into too much detail, but I just wonder if it means anything or if it was just like the, the anime just showing us that for, you know, just to make it more emotional. Uh, yeah, I wonder yeah. if that that black void looking dimension I wonder if that has any significance whatsoever or if that was just symbolic for heaven and hell or something or purgatory or whatever you want to call it. And then I wonder, and I've been wondering this for a while. I wonder if Muzan feels anything when these people die. I wonder if it does something to like, I'm wondering yeah, when yeah. we see him at this upper moment, I wonder if he'll be like, I don't know. I don't know. Why I have this weird thought that he's going to be not injured, but maybe like physically wounded in some way. Cause he might be linked to them in some way stronger than other yeah. people. I don't know. These are just again, theories, random shit that I just think about, but I'm wondering if it has any effect on him that an upper moon die. And I'm also wondering if there is a process to replace them because it takes so in my head, it takes a really long time for upper moon to even be created. Yeah. And what's interesting is, I don't know. I, I'm so interested in the whole backstory. Cause as we saw when, when, they got created, the twin, the brother and sister. That one guy was upper six. So we know that he's moved up the ranks. Yes. Um, I just wonder, and as far as I know, unless I misunderstood it, the upper six have never changed they in haven't. terms of they haven't. So do the rankings change and but like it's still the same six? But like that doesn't really make any sense because we know that this guy became the upper six. Yeah. So I'm just curious. I want that to I'm sure it will, but I'm just curious. Yeah, what, what no, exactly you're right. That's an interesting question because they he made these two who were not an upper moon immediately, but then they eventually do grind and become that because they devour scores of humans, and so they become upper moon. But like, who was the who was the one that was in there before? Or yeah, I, yeah, it's just interesting because Muzan said like they have not changed, or somebody said they have not changed for hundreds of years. Yeah, my guess is like maybe because. He was he was complaining that the lower moons get killed by Hashira sometimes. Yeah. So maybe that um, maybe some of them, um, you know, maybe some of the upper moons got replaced, but they got replaced by other demons. Right. And right, so like right. they view that differently. Yeah. Like it's not like a Hashira killed them. Yeah. Like you you're just weaker than this guy now. Yeah. That's how it worked in Bleach with the Espada. It, also, have- we did meet. Very early on, although I don't remember if he was a lower upper moon, I'm assuming lower, but very early, the guy with the drums that would like shape that house, he used to be a moon, right? He had like an X on his eye, he but did. it said like, it said like lower five or something. I don't remember exactly, but he, he used to be a moon. Okay. He yeah. Was cast out. There was like an X on his eye. Yeah. So you can just be, yeah, you can literally just be aged out of it, I guess, if you're not pulling your weight and killing a bunch of humans and eating them. Uh, yeah, I guess that's how that works. But we don't we don't know the logistics. But I guess that's how it works. I forgot about that. All right. Anyway, yeah, so that'll be interesting. But anyway, yeah, going on. All right. So we're going to wrap this episode up with uh, another part of this very very long listener letter. We're going to read the part. It's a little blurb here about Game of Thrones. Uh, and this is from our our guy Dan Glennon. He writes into the I'm There podcast. So if you guys want us to read a letter out on the show or just discuss anything, write into I'm There podcast at gmail.com. It's just I am there podcast at gmail.com. And we may read it out on the show. He says for the Game of Thrones episode, he said, I've been saying that the end of Game of Thrones was a fine result, but it was hella rushed. Here's my main problem with the attack on King's Landing. After she starts attacking the city, we never see her face again until the attack is over. What if she immediately went to the Red Keep in a fit of rage and while attacking Cersei caused a massive amount of collateral damage that killed the citizenry? 
She keeps burning everything and destroying the city while trying to take out Cersei. That small change at least makes her actions make more sense. So he's saying, what if they changed it where she didn't just go fucking berserk killing people blatantly, but she was trying to kill Cersei, but trying to kill Cersei resulted in her collaterally killing innocent people in her rage, which, you know, that's, that would, uh, anything would be better than the ending we got, of course. Yeah, I mean, ultimately the problem is that you want to talk about bad pacing, uh, but <laughs> the end of Game of Thrones has horrible Look, I like pacing. how I chose this blurb out of the entire listener letter, and I didn't know what it said prior to this, but it, it ties in perfectly. It with- does tie in perfectly, because the pacing at the end of Game of Thrones is horrible. It is. Like, the last bad. few seasons, but that last season especially... And it's not only that the pacing is bad, the writing is blatantly bad. You have the, <laughs> the long night when allegedly the Dothraki get ex- exterminated. They're all dead, yeah. is what is told to us. And then when they invade King's Landing, there is an army of Dothraki there. And like, we and there's just a lot got of them told, too. Uh, there is an army, dog. Yeah, an actual and army. And we just got told that they were exterminated <laughs> at the long night. And then not only that, <laughs> On the after episode blurb, because I watch all of these where after the episode, the writers and directors talk about it. They also blatantly say they do it was say a really it. touching moment. They blatantly say from their mouth that we what we watched was the extension of the Dothraki, and we grew up with the Dothraki from season one, and blah blah blah. So like, not only do they show it, not only the characters in the show say it, not only do they symbolize it, etc. The writers fucking say it, and then two episodes later, there's a fucking army of them. It's yeah. Like, okay. Um, I also said this, the whole last season is just badly written, badly paced. I said this in our episode, one of the funniest things to me is when the, I think his name's Euron, when Euron Greyjoy dies, and he dies, like, fighting Jamie Lannister or whatever, and he rolls over on a fucking rock, and he says, I'm the man that killed Jamie Lannister, as, like, his dying words, as, like, the greatest achievement he's ever done was kill Jamie Lannister, as if, four hours ago... He didn't kill a fucking dragon. Yes. Euron Greyjoy killed a dragon. These mythical creatures that have not existed for literally thousands of years. Who the fuck cares that you killed Jamie? Also, you didn't even kill Jamie Lannister. Side note. Who the yeah, fuck cares that's also you killed true. Jamie Lannister? You really didn't kill you him. You killed a dragon, dog. That's your shining moment. Those are your last words. Not Jamie fucking Lannister. You killed a dragon. Yeah. So It uh, wasn't very good. And like you said, this goes perfectly into the horrible pacing thing. Also, Dan, I forget if I said this during the Game of Thrones episode. I feel like I did. But the whole part about not seeing her face really bothered me because that's my indication that the directors knew they were on some bullshit. The fact that you don't see, uh, what's her name? Daenerys' face while she's killing kids. The fact that you never see her being like Dracarys, these kids. Like, I want you to the fact that you never see that to me means they realize this doesn't really make sense. So we're never going to show the actual character doing it. We're just going to show a dragon. It's such bullshit, too, because they go the writers once again go out of their way to go. Well, you never she was always kind of crazy. It was always a coin flip. And it's such it's so disingenuous, though, because yeah. the entire. Yes, she has always been crazy. Daenerys is a crazy bitch. She has murdered and slaughtered. Thousands of people at yes. this point. However, she has made it a fucking point to not do it to slaves and children. Yes. Like, like an, she's even saved people before. When the Dothraki were raping and pillaging and her husband said, this is our way. She said, all right, okay. 
at least give me her. Like, give me this. Give like, can I just save this one, please? Yeah. She's going out of her she, way to save a witch, and you know, one guy was like, "She's a witch. She's disgusting. He wanted to kill her and cut her head off and all that stuff." Uh, but she's going out of her way to save people, and she's also going out of her way, like you said, to not kill children, to specifically was, murder people who kill children. Not only that, do you remember season two or whatever? There's like a hundred miles where every mile is a dead child yep. up on a fucking like cross pointing to the direction of the city. She goes through and takes every single fucking dead child off. Yep. So now, and then she goes on to basically kill all the slave, the masters she of does. the city. Yeah. Here's the point. Would Daenerys kill everybody in King's Landing? Yes. Would she kill the children? No. Right. She wouldn't dis- indiscriminately burn the entire fucking city down. That has never been her way. And Tyrion even says to her, like, you know, those people are, are like, trapped under the rules. Or, anyway, the writing is just really bad. The pacing is bad. The Her descent in the madness is, like, instant. You don't, She doesn't have a descent in the madness. It just fucking happens. Yeah, and that's, so that's my issue. I've been very consistent on saying that my biggest problem is that I don't think it's out of scope for her to become the Mad Queen. It just yeah. happened too fast. Exactly. Like, I think if they were to develop that for two seasons... And you start to slowly like, uh, what's her? Misande gets killed, and that's a big that's a big one for her. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's maybe that's even the last straw because that was the last straw in the actual show. Maybe that's all. But there needs to be things leading up to it. So she got betrayed by Jorah, right? And maybe instead of having Jorah come back to her side or something, that betrayal that's that's a heavy betrayal for her. Misande being killed, last straw. Other things start to happen, and it's like it weighs on her over and over and over again. And then uh, Tyrion betrays her because he ultimately cares about his sibling. He does technically betray her. Like, he does go to have me- secret meetings, you know, with Cersei and uh, Jaime and all that stuff. So maybe those things slowly erode at her, but over time. Not just, snap, she's evil, she's killing kids, and we're yeah. not going to show her face. And they try to They try to make it seem like she's going crazy the whole season because she's like weary of Jon Snow and all that, but like, it doesn't feel natural. Whereas like, it doesn't. when we did our, when we did our arcane episode, spoilers for arcane, we did our arcane episode. We talked about how powder kind of snaps and Fraser mentioned how, like, at first I thought it happened too quickly, but then when you think about it, first of all, she's a child. Yeah. Like and she's like 12. And then she also sees like, it's not one. She sees her whole family, her whole family. die and die because of her in an instant. And, like, so many things happen at once, and then her sister, the only thing that can betray on her, or the only thing that she depends on, kind of betrays her. Even though she doesn't, it's, like, one of those sister from moments From her perspective, she does. But from her perspective, she does. So, like, so much happens at once, and for a child, it breaks her. And more but importantly, the, there's a long time skip where she's with an evil guy. Yeah. But where, and that guy's feeding shit into her, her head, yep. you know? He lied to whereas, her. She even said, like, you lied to me. Whereas for Daenerys, we have opposite... She gr- we watch her grow up. She starts off as a child, but we watch her over years grow yeah. up and her develop a personality and her develop her, her persona and her take these very staunch, staunch stances. And when when she snapped, it felt very there are seasons as if it wasn't built up as it it wasn't built correctly to where it ended. There are seasons of Game of Thrones. I think multiple seasons end with Daenerys is the last shot. Season one ends with the last shot of the dragons being born. Uh, season two is when this, the ending of that season is uh, they're walking out of that crypt and they have all the gold mm-hmm. from the black guy who lied about 
you know, being rich as all this shit. And then not, there yeah, was she locks, and she locks like one of her like subordinates. Yeah, because she betrayed, she betrayed, uh, she betrayed Daenerys, and they're walking out with all this gold. So now they have all this gold. She has all these people, this whole army of Dothraki and everything, and they also, she also gets like the, you know, uh, the next season three or four ends with all of these people lifting her up and calling her Misa, and that's a big scene. And you see the dragons; they're kind of big now, like like scary big and they're flying around in a circle like they zoom out as all the people are lifting her up and calling her misa over and over she doesn't know what the fuck they're saying and misani says they're saying like you know mother or whatever or you know savior messiah that type of thing and they show the dragons that's the end of another season so every season pretty much ends with danny in a positive light yep and then it just goes well she's evil now it's like whoa oh, oh, okay. it just doesn't build that way at all so once again i agree with fraser that and that it could that could have been a fine ending if Game of Thrones season seven and eight and kind of six, if it was written in the way that the first four first three were written in that it was a bit slower and they built toward Daenerys yeah. dissenting in the madness. It doesn't need to be for four or five seasons, three seasons. No. But like the last two seasons, specifically seven and eight, I don't know, man. It they were just paced very badly yeah. and they didn't feel as though they went in the direction it ended in agreed all right well before we get this episode over and done with let me do what i always do and give a shout out to our patrons over at patreon so if you are not aware we have a patreon i'm their podcast you can find it on there uh where we have exclusive episodes uh, we actually have to drop one soon for the month of february so mm-hmm. kenny and i will get to scheduling that for this week uh but we also have full-length video versions of the podcast, so if you're interested in actually seeing us as we talk about these things, if that's something that interests you, all of the all of the podcast episodes are on the Patreon and uh, full video form, so you can see that if you you know want more than just the audio. And we also have an eye on their Discord that you get access to if you join the Patreon, even at the lowest tier. So, as for shoutouts, we have Connie, Austin, Leon, Quest, Garen, Xavier, Hylian, TCG Automotive. Silver Chronic, Tyree Tinsley, Dimitri Barnes, Alexander Brissett, Vinny Casello, Dominique Roberts, Game Freak Yoshi, Alex Flamer, Michael, Gabe Marini, Andre Reynolds, CJ, Dubkdat1, Saul at Dabbers Gaming Cafe in Georgia, Dan Vrabel, Dennis Milburn, Joseph Marcello, Scott Page, and Ezeka. Thank you guys so, so much for assisting the podcast and supporting the podcast. We really appreciate it. It goes a long way. And as I always say here at the Omnir Podcast, do the things that make you happy. Right. And I say good night and so long, my gay Bowser. <laughs> All right.
Thank you.